What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. We are pre-Royal Rumble, pre-Worlds Collide, pre-NWA Power. So much stuff going on this weekend, and we will preview it all for you uh, alongside, as as usual, John LaRocca. What's going on? NWA's this weekend, too? Yes. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, it is uh, Flip Gordon against Tim Aldis, the main event to that show. Mm, what's the price? Uh, I think it's 25 maybe. Give me fifty ninety nine, maybe. <laughs> well, I think I think if you if you did a, like the pre buy thing, like I think you got it for like nineteen ninety nine. Uh, but yeah. but if you didn't if you didn't do that, then you definitely got. And it. That's on fight, right? Yeah. And I know sometimes if you order some stuff in the past, you get like credit and stuff. So yeah, a lot of guys do that. I, yeah. I know people who who are big big time customers of fight. You know they they get to they get like a little bit of a bank, and then they can use the credits for shows and stuff. Uh, but that is not all that we have because we are going to talk about our Wednesday night war, um, and we will talk a little bit about UFC 246. I know you didn't watch it, but uh, but I did, and I thought it was a, a pretty interesting show. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I think the first thing I want to talk about is I, I just want to shout out again a lot of the content that we've been getting on on the Fight Game Media website. Uh, Robert is continuing his. Uh, his series on the super lightweights. So he was at number three this week and we'll get to number two, hopefully next week. I th- I'm still waiting for his, uh, his second, his number two. He said he was going to send it. Um, and then uh, we also had a piece by you on the big man, the forgotten big man, uh, according to you in professional wrestling, Scott Norton and uh, Scott Norton also earlier uh, earlier tonight retweeted the uh, the piece. So uh, I thought that, I thought that was actually pretty cool, and and it came out of a discussion that we had in the uh, the Fight Game Podcast Facebook group where you asked folks, you know, who do you think is the best big man? And then I even reached out to uh, our buddy Big Dave Meltzer to get his thoughts on it. And I didn't. What I didn't know is I didn't know we were being set up to not say Scott Norton, so that you could then write about him being the forgotten big man. But what was the uh, what 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 did you watch that kind of you know reminded you of Scott and and made you want to write that piece? Well, I started watching some stuff from New Japan, nineteen ninety four, and a lot of matches with Scott Norton teaming with various different partners, ninety three, ninety four time frame. So. And every time I watch him wrestle, he just he's just so good and, and such such a powerhouse with, with speed and you know he's such a badass. And I always like like we don't talk about him enough as one of the best big men. Like it always to me it's always Vader. You always hear Vader, Bigelow, Undertaker, and I, yeah, I said that I wanted to see if anyone would bring him up, and I and I'm I, as I thought like no one did. So I just got really inspired to write that article about him, and uh, I'm. I'm I, I enjoyed it and it was a lot of fun and thank God for uh boss being gone. <laughs> <laughs> um the uh the thing I think the thing about Scott is if you really wanted to see Scott's best work, you had to watch uh you had, you had to be a tape trader basically or find a way to watch a lot of that stuff because if you solely go by his WCW stuff, you wouldn't consider him to be uh that top level of of a worker. You know, I, I I thought 
I liked him back then because he stood out, but it's not like they really let him go and, and really let him, you know, have, you know, longer matches or be in, in, in big, you know, big programs. And, it, you know, so, so I think that's why now, you know, for, for those of us who are a little bit closer to this stuff and who watch as much, you know, I wasn't watching any New Japan from that time frame. So the only stuff I would have watched is, you know, <clears throat> on YouTube, like you said, but still, I haven't really gone back to watch anything post, you know, the, the, the stuff that we'd been talking about with the Flair Fujinami stuff like that was kind of my sweet spot was when they were working with New Japan and, you know, they were having... You know, people show up at Starcade, and then they 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 did this the the Starcade thing in '95. Like I was watching that stuff and kind of paying attention, but I wasn't digging in the archives and and trying to find you know the the other stuff that was going on. Yeah, I mean, I started tape trading in 1996, 96, 97, and you know, getting Japan stuff because you know, first it was Memphis. That's all I wanted was Memphis stuff, and then I started branching out to Japanese wrestling and. And I used to love seeing the American guys in Japan wrestle. And, you know, Scott Norton, like I saw him in AWA when he debuted. I remember, like, them talking about him and his debut. I think he just won quickly at the Bear Hug. And I would, you know, see his name and results in New Japan wrestling the Steiner Brothers. And I remember seeing this really awesome picture of him and Hercules Hernandez as a tag team, the Jurassic Powers. And I just thought they looked so cool. But I just, you know, just a picture. So I always wanted to see them as a team. And, and they were awesome. And uh, a lot of people don't give credit to Scott Norton being a really great tag team wrestler. And we had a lot of great teams. Hercules, uh, Mike Enos, great tag great, great tag wrestler, great wrestler. Um, you know, Shinya Hashimoto, Buff Bagwell, and Vicious Delicious. And I think a lot of U- U.S. fans who only saw him in WCW... You know, he I think WCW because he was splitting his time with New Japan and WCW. So I don't think they really got fully behind him here on TV because they just don't know how long he's going to be around. He might go on another tour and, and, and do the NWO Japan stuff there. So I think if they were, you know, if you, we know the story of WCW and all the mishaps and, you know, booking by the Caesar Pants at times. But they really laid out like Goldberg's run as the mm-hmm. world heavyweight champion like i think with uh you, i don't know if you, you remember this i don't know if you're watching the time i don't know if you're just in school i know you, you stopped watching some nitro right when you were in college you got busy um do you remember wrath remember wrath uh yeah adam bomb do you remember like his run on tv for like four or five weeks I don't know if you remember, like, he was, like, just beating guys, like, just, just squashing them. I, I mean, I remember he came in hot, mm-hmm. but I don't remember much other than that. And, and you know, I, I always liked him, so I, w- I thought he was cool, but... Um, well, this was, this was a nine, this was like, 98. I, I think it's 98. Like, kind of like he was with the Mortis, you know, and all that weird... The, the other thing, though, is, is, if the, if, is if any of this was on Thunder, I was absolutely not watching Thunder. No, he was doing stuff on Nitro, too. But, like, he was beating guys weekly, and the crowds... You know, the crowd then was so hot back then anyways, but they were, like, really popping big for this guy. And, of course, guess who beats him? Kevin Nash, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, just having him Goldberg wrestle him. I'm just saying, like, it's so easy to get a guy over back then. All you had to do is have Scott, like, just squash people for six weeks. You know, he's part of the NWO. Hogan even say, go out there and beat his ass, you know, and then and then have a big match. And they had a great match on, on Nitro. I went back, and when I was doing the article, I was researching some of his WCW stuff. And his match with Goldberg is, like, really, really good. 
really good and really hot. Like you felt that crowd felt like, okay, this is a little more than just a usual Goldberg squash. Yeah. It, it was just, it was fun to go back to watch those matches too and see see him do his thing. Uh, so that is a uh, that is a small advertisement for anybody who is on Facebook and who wants to talk wrestling or MMA or boxing. Uh, join join the group. The, the the group has been really good for us to kind of you know think about things and and you know I, I'm always I'm always you know looking for uh, I did this with the Royal Rumble stuff like what what's your favorite you know your favorite Rumble or, or your least favorite your most disappointing Rumble and just any any kind of stuff like that that's really fun to get a conversation going but yeah go, head head out to the Fight Game Media Twitter page and and check out the pinned tweet and join the group you know we're, we're letting anybody in as long as you are not a troll and and you know have have. Uh, want to chit chat so definitely do that um the other thing that i want to mention is the we want flair podcast that we did so the last the first three weeks of this year we talked about flair fujinami from the tokyo dome the beginning the match and sort of the aftermath and so i put all of those segments together which includes uh, an interview with uh, big dave who was there live and i put it combined as just like one long show uh, with the three segments on uh, one after another. And so that's going to be exclusive to our YouTube page. So we do have a Fight Game Media YouTube page. Check that out if you want to hear the the just the one We Want Flair podcast about this match. And I'm going to do that every month, you know, after we get done with our, our, uh, our segments and, and we kind of talk about that match or that angle you know all of it i at the end when we have that fourth week which we're going dark on the we want flare segments for the fourth week so this week uh, i'll put together that for the youtube page so that we you know we we can put that together i'm not going to put it back in the podcast feed we don't need to do that but so it'll be exclusive to youtube um the one thing before we get to uh the NWA Hard Times preview that I did with our buddy Matt Mixon from the Four Corners podcast. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about being at Pampero Furpo's funeral. So I, I went with uh, with Big Dave on Friday, and look, you know that this is way before my time uh, as a wrestling fan, and so all I know about. Furpo is everything I learned through Dave. And so if we will we'll kind of rewind the clock a little bit, um, I think I want to say that going back a year and a half or so, Dave would tell me like, hey, like, did you, did you know that Pampero Furpo is like local and that he worked at the post office and this and that. And so uh, he was always saying that, yeah, you know, his daughter wants us to come visit and, and just talk wrestling with him. He's he's really into watching stuff on YouTube and watching the old times and having those conversations. And unfortunately for, for Big Dave, it was always at a time where the, either there was a WWF pay, or WWE pay-per-view or he was visiting his kids so so we could never go. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd totally love to go just to kind of, you know, be around that. And so we never get to go. And then we hear the news that uh, he he passes away, and Dave does a really good bio on him. That that is is you know I was able to learn even more about him. And then uh, we get invited to the funeral, and he's like, "Hey, do you want to go?" And it's like obviously it's during a work day for me, but I was like, "Yeah, you know, let's do it." And I just took like an extended lunch for for work, and so we went out there. It was in downtown San Jose, and uh, he is uh, he has two children. 
I actually had three chil- children, um, and and one of the daughters passed away uh, from cancer at a you know at a young age. She she was an adult, but but still a young age. And then uh, his youngest and his old son, who's the oldest, were there, and they gave great speeches. You could tell that his youngest daughter, who's uh, whose name is Mary. She's kind of into the wrestling thing. Like she's talking about, you know, talking to Lanny Poffo and her friend, you know, uh, who's the the writer of that one book about the territories, uh, Tim Hornbacher or something like that. And she's mentioning him and she's mentioning Meltzer. And then uh, Dr. Mike Lano gets up and speaks and he does a really good job of, of talking about uh, Pampero, you know, going to L.A. And, and then being in the Bay Area and all that stuff. So. Really, really nice just, you know, to talk wrestling. There wasn't a lot of people there. And and so uh, I, I noticed someone there, someone who I know because I coached his son in basketball uh, back in the day. And he and I were, were friendly. And so I, I see him and he's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, what are you doing here? And I guess he was uh, he, he was friends with with Mary, the daughter, because they had worked together at the Red Lobster back in the day. So it was just a just a cool kind of experience. You know, you would think like, ah, oh, you know, a famous wrestler, you know, who passes away. There's going to be like all kinds of people flying in for his funeral. But it was really small and really respectful. Like there wasn't anyone like, you know, making fun of wrestling in any way. Even even the folks who were not real, really wrestling fans, they knew him as a former professional wrestler but they also knew him as like this gentleman of, of a human being so really cool and uh, i'm glad i went uh because it was like one of those um experiences that you know you never realize that 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 you 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 get a chance to go to so um that was uh really cool and and i'm very i'm very glad um his daughter invited Dave and then allowed me to, to come along as well. Uh, and she runs the Pamper, uh, I think I, the Pampera Furpo Twitter account. I, there's a one on it. So I, whatever the, the Pampero account is, she's the one who does it and she's retweeting stuff and she's, you know, writing back to people who have memories of him and stuff. So check out her Twitter account and uh, I'll, uh, if I remember, I'll link it in the show notes um, exactly what it is. Uh, okay. So now let's go to the interview that I did with Matt Mixon. We talked about NWA Power. Um, we talked about NWA hard times. He's he's really in love with uh, with this show, and uh, I caught up. Like I did like the last six weeks of TV in a matter of like two or three days, and it was fun. It was totally fun. Lots of Rock and Roll Express. Lots, lots of Ricky Morton. You know, lots of Ricky Morton using words like uh, "while ago" instead of saying "a while ago." It's just "while ago," uh, and so it's fun to watch him cut promos pretty much every week. All this is great, and I really enjoyed it. Do, does that mean I'm going to buy the pay per view? No, but still, you know, it was an easy an easy six weeks to catch up on. But so just to kind of lay it out a little bit, this interview went a little longer than he and I had even thought about, but. Part of what I like about doing this is kind of uh, propping up or, you know, really talking to content creators, um, anybody who writes, anybody who does podcasts. I want to, you know, talk to them. I want them to post about whatever they're doing in our in our Facebook group, because content creators, we all do it for the love of the game. You know, we're not making, you know, we're not making a living out of it. We do it because we love it. And so Matt, 
has been doing his podcast for two years. And so we talked a little bit like, you know, the intro went a little long because I was just so interested in his, you know, in, in his background and why he does it and, and all that stuff. And then, you know, we talked a little bit about NWA Power of the Show, why he likes the show. And then we did the preview uh, of of the Hard Times pay-per-view. So it's probably about 40 minutes. You know, if 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 you want to skip some stuff, uh, go ahead. I know that, you know, these our podcasts can be a little bit lengthy, but um, I thought the discussion was was really fun. And also check out their podcast that they do, uh, you know, if, if you have uh, the time for another podcast to add. So let's talk to Matt and then we will come back and talk about UFC, Royal Rumble, Worlds Collide, and then we'll get to our Wednesday Night War. All right, we're bringing on Matt Mixon here, one of the hosts of the Four Corners podcast, someone who was also part of our Fight Game podcast Facebook group. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good, Garrett. Thank you for uh, for inviting me on. Yeah, we're so for the most part, we're going to talk about the NWA Power Show. Uh, mm-hmm. You are a big fan of that show, and we'll talk a little bit about the pay-per-view uh, this weekend as well. But before we do talk about that, I kind of want to dig into your podcast a little bit because uh, I know that it's uh, it's something that you're doing with friends, and it is not something that you've been doing for a long time. So how do you how do you do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy doing podcasts, and is that become like a new hobby of yours? Uh, it kind of has. Um... We are now at, gosh, I, let me actually, I think we're at podcast number like 80, 86, 87, something like so that. So you guys have been doing it for a while then. We've been doing it almost two years. And honestly, it, we the, the, I do it with two other guys, uh, Shad and Brad. We've actually known each other um, for probably like 15 years at least. Um, just met online through online communities, just talking about wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. and we kind of just gravitated towards each other. It's funny because before we actually started the podcast, uh, I would have called them friends, but over over the course of the last like half, we've actually become really good friends to the point where we actually talk to each other essentially every day, uh, just through like text or communication, like instant messenger on Facebook. Uh, not just about the show or about wrestling, just about random stuff in our lives. Um, they've just become really, really close friends of mine. And we started the podcast just as we are, we, I guess we were just kind of figured it'd be a cool creative outlet, uh, just to goof around. But once we started doing it, we actually started really enjoying it. And it's become, I guess, a hobby, but it's actually kind of like my main creative outlet these days. Awesome. I used to love. Yeah, I used to love like when I was much younger, like in my 20s, I had more free time. I used to love creative writing, things like that. Uh, Kind of broke away from that. Didn't really have a whole lot of time to do that. As I got into my 30s, I got more busy with my career. Um, But this is something that I think all of us uh, on the podcast decided like this is just a really fun thing that we do. Like every Tuesday night is usually when we record. Uh, sometimes we double up and do like every other Tuesday, do a couple episodes per show. Um, and it's just, it's fun. Like we, we honestly just have a tremendous amount of fun doing it. We're trying to obviously focus on wrestling, but uh, we branched out into other topics that interest us. Like the, the last podcast, the one that's just uploaded today, uh, I wasn't able to be on the show, but Brad and Chad were just, they, it was literally like 
<laughs> it, we titled it Trainwreck because it was just a hodgepodge of different things. Like Shad had, had to, has not had a lot of experience with um, New Japan Pro Wrestling. So he was watching, a, a, he watched a match and kind of reviewed that. Then they started talking about video games. They started talking into uh, Orange Cassidy. It just went from like A to Z. Um, but that's just how it is. We have a good banter. It's just, it's fun. We're just three guys essentially hanging out, just talking about random stuff, mostly that's wrestling, a- but. That's awesome. So, so I mean, what what's the? I, I know it's about wrestling, but I don't imagine this is like a WWE podcast in any way. It's funny because we started off largely talking about WWE and just what was going on, essentially like in current events. Like we would we branch out, obviously, if, if if like Wrestle Kingdom had happened like the previous weekend, we would talk about Wrestle Kingdom or what was going on. But over the last year, mostly because we kind of just got a little bored and in my part, kind of annoyed with WWE products and just, uh, and what we felt was an overall kind of drop in quality. We kind of started branching out into other, uh, other different promotions and other aspects of, of wrestling, even just going back like into the vault, as they would say, and looking at old WCW, ECW pay-per-views. Um, obviously when AEW started, we focused a lot about uh, on that and talking about their weekly shows, the pay-per-views, and we kind of also been branching out like a new thing we've been doing over the last like month or two is kind of branching out to kind of experiment and look at other um, wrestling promotions that are kind of out there, but don't have as much uh, tension as obviously WWE or now AEW uh, places like MLW. We watched an episode of that. We reviewed an episode of that on the podcast. Um, obviously, we talked about NWA power. Uh, we kind of want to do a retrospective on some other um, promotions out there. We we really have been trying. We're going to definitely review in the next month or so um, a World Wrestling Council from Puerto Rico because uh, oh, wow. we have a run, we have a running joke on the show um, that we're Epico Colognes, uh, the, the number one Epico Cologne fan podcast, <laughs> uh, which is kind of true. Um, he actually like liked one of our posts on instagram and we kind of just <laughs> ran with that and it's become a running joke literally every episode but uh we wanted to watch it because he's he's like wrestling down there um and just we want to kind of branch out because we've all been wrestling fans for years and years and years i've been a wrestling fan since i was a little kid i've been a fan over 25 years um i just i'm we're, we're passionate about it so we kind of want to explore everything out there yeah and and Trying to find your niche in this very busy wrestling podcast world is, is probably not a bad idea. It's not. And it's funny because when, when we first started, obviously, we didn't really have much of a following. And uh, we kind of still don't have a tremendous following. Um, but our numbers, once we started branching out just away from WWE and started focusing on other promotions or even just random stuff. Like we did a whole episode around Halloween where we we're just talking about Halloween candy. And that was the focus of the, the, the that podcast episode. Once we started branching out into other random stuff, like our our number count actually grew, like some like significantly. I think that's awesome. Yeah. All right. We'll 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 uh, we'll we'll uh, do all the social media stuff and and you know where they can find your podcast at the end of this. But what we what we are going to talk about is uh, NWA Power, and I know that. You have been interested in this show. I've kind of been in and out. Like I was in on the first few episodes and then I kind of tailed out. And because you wanted to talk about it and, and, you know, I'm a fan of content creators. So I'm always, I'm always, always, you know, wanting to 
let people you know who have podcasts or you know post their stuff or or post their shows like mm-hmm. that is so in my lane as far as being a content creator myself so i wanted you on and you know we had sort of talked about back and forth like well what kind of topic would be would be the right thing and i think power sort of fits because a john and i we don't watch it religiously mm-hmm. but b uh it is a it, depending on sort of what your wrestling schedule is like, it is now in the uh, if you're watching it, it is now in your rhythm of stuff to watch every week. And, you know, when you watch it, you're not you don't feel ripped off in any way. So that's a good thing. But there are some things that that I'm, I'm kind of in and out on. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a second. But what is your favorite thing about this show? Uh, wow, there's a lot. There's a lot to cover there, I guess. Just in general, when I had heard about it. Um, not that I was skeptical, but I didn't really know what exactly they were going to do. We were fortunate as wrestling fans to kind of be essentially in a new boom period. It's a very different boom period than what traditionally was considered uh, boom periods. I mean, in the in the 80s, you had obviously the explosion of the WWF. In the late 90s, you had the Attitude Era. In, in those periods, you had wrestling not only become like much bigger than it was before but you had a lot of um it kind of it infiltrated the pop culture uh nowadays you don't really see that as much i think the boom period's more um there's more wrestling content that is out there and if you are a wrestling fan and a consumer of wrestling you have a wide variety you can choose from i mean even internationally and it's it's never been easier than right now to actually consume that product, whether it's getting the network, excuse me, or getting a New Japan Pro World. I mean, it's it's basically $10 a month to get international content from Japan. You can see uh, programs like this, which is on YouTube. NWA Power is free on YouTube, comes out every week. Uh, so you, you have a lot of product you can consume. It's almost too much. I mean, there are people who who grumble like, I have too much too many wrestling shows to watch, uh, which is a kind of a good problem to have if you are a wrestling fan. So when it started, I wasn't sure, oh, how am I going to fit this into my schedule? And I didn't know, really know what Billy Corgan, or as he likes to be called on the program, William Patrick Corgan, because <laughs> he's trying to be all professional with his, uh, with his wrestling association. But when he bought the, the National Wrestling Alliance, I wasn't sure what direction he was going to take with it. But honestly, since the show started, uh, I believe it started in, in the first week of October when it when it started. It they deliberately were trying to get that old school Jim Crockett Promotions World Championship Wrestling vibe, which I feel they have emulated shockingly well. And I really, really loved the old school NWA slash WCW wrestling. Uh, that whole Southern style. Um, Jim Crockett style was something that I really, when I was first becoming a wrestling fan in like the early nineties, I really loved that stuff. And I would get old tapes from like the, like the Crockett cup, things like that, and just devoured all of it. So the fact that they were trying to do kind of like a, an homage of of source to that, I was already going to be kind of sold, at least give it a chance. Uh, And I feel we can talk about it in depth, but I feel the thing that they've really done surprisingly well uh, is both utilize their talent and keep their storylines consistent and actually 
advance them each week, which is something that unfortunately I think a lot of the even like the, the, the biggest promotion out there, WWE, doesn't really do that well. So <clears throat> I will tell you, mm-hmm. as someone who watches, uh, who doesn't watch weekly, and uh, in both time, both times I decided to watch, I kind of watched it in like a Netflix way where I'm just like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back about seven episodes and just kind of catch up. And one of the things that, uh, that was frustrating in doing it that way is Mm -hmm. they recap long segments from the previous week. And so there, there are, there are times where they'll run an entire segment from the previous week just to catch people up. So to folks who watch every, every uh, Tuesday night, I think it's great because it just reminds you uh, of the big stuff. But for someone who was trying to catch up and watching, you know, show after show after show, that that sucked because I had to fast forward through a lot of stuff. Um, I think that the interesting thing, and this is not how wrestling generally works today, which is I wouldn't call the matches great, but that's also not the focus. The focus is on the is on the promos, and yeah. you know, you have. <clears throat> You know, you have you have guys coming out week after week after week after week. Obviously, it's one taping that we're, where they're doing this, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, promoing is the key to the show. Like, if you want to be on this show, uh, you 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 know, you make sure you know how to talk because that's that's really the only way you're going to do it. Um, obviously, Aldis is gosh, he's he's one of the best guys on the mic today. He's he's not yeah. going to win. You know, he he's not going to win very many uh votes as far as the observer awards are concerned because NWA is a little bit of a lower priority for some, but I mean, you know, if for folks who watch this show week after week after week, I'm sure he is in their, you know, top 3 of promos of the year. Um and then the other thing that I really like is the show does not take itself seriously. Now, I don't mean that to say that there's all this humor, like there is some you know, you you have uh, you have the question mark, uh, and and there's and there's some of your humor, right? But they don't like you don't have two question marks or three question marks. You have your you have your humor there uh, with with Stevens, and mm-hmm. you know, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like sometimes you watch, you know, let, let's just use WWE, and you know, Seth Rollins is is trying so badly to make people believe that he's the top wrestler in the world that he just takes himself way too seriously or uh even in you know in AEW um you know I think they're they're trying to find that balance of taking themselves too seriously and not seriously uh so that so that they that show is still fun and I think I think they're doing a pretty good job but that, I think that those were my takeaways for for the NWA show as far it just doesn't it, it it's fun doesn't take itself too seriously and um and it is is sort of like you you don't again, I'll take it back to what I said at the beginning. You don't really regret the forty five minutes to an hour you spent. Though I will say, I thought that the episodes that were forty five, fifty, fifty three minutes were much sharper than the ones that were like an hour and you know eleven minutes or you know an hour mm-hmm. and and five minutes. So I, I you know I very much I think you know that their, their their sweet spot is right in that like fifty three minute zone. But overall, like it's it's an enjoyable watch, and you never feel like you regretted spending that hour. Yeah, I I totally agree. It's uh the best way I could describe it to people. Like it's just an easy, fun watch. They you're right. They don't take themselves too seriously, and yet there are oftentimes they really do advance 
serious angles. Like there is a good deal of comedy. Um, you brought up question mark <laughs> and uh, and shooter Stevens, um, which for those who who maybe have not watched uh, an episode of NWA Power, Aaron uh, Shooter Stevens uh, was previously known at, in the WWE. Um, gosh, what was his name? God, I've forgotten his gimmick now. Uh, I, I forgot what his gimmick was too. Uh, <laughs> he, well, he was uh, Damian Sandow. There you um, go. There you go, Sandow. And then did a lot of good comedy actually when he was paired with The Miz. Well, in this, he is almost a pure comedy character, but is doing an absolutely fantastic job. And they paired him with um, the question mark who uh, who is the Mongrovian karate champion. And it's not karate. It's karate. And honestly, those two might be the are arguably like one of the most over acts in the entire promotion. Uh, I'm not going to be there for WrestleMania, Garrett. I don't know if you are. Um, I imagine there will probably be question mark play <laughs> going yeah, on yeah, yeah. at WrestleCon. Uh, but they also have very serious angles like Nick, Nick Aldis, uh, in my opinion, is doing a tremendous job as the world champion. He goes up there. He cuts serious uh rick flair-esque promos um you have guys like tim storm out there giving really serious like heartfelt promos uh tim storm that's his storyline over the course of this series is one of the most fascinating ones i in in my opinion in north american wrestling right now i'm always really captivated whenever he comes out and the just the overall story that they're trying to tell i imagine they're trying to build to maybe another match with him and aldis um it's if you follow it it's something that's just easy to watch like you have your comedy matches you have your serious matches everything is kind of short they only have like a 45 minute to an hour span so you're not going to get a 20 minute classic you're not going to see kenny omega versus i don't know like sammy guevara breaking things down like 15 minutes and it's an awesome match uh it, it things are a little more like concise um but it's good. It's fun. It's it's very old school. The promos are good. They are doing a really consistent job, I feel, with both utilizing their talent and also kind of trying to make new stars. Um, it's not a it's it's an easy show. It's free. You can get it on YouTube every Tuesday night. It's um, it's great. So how the uh, um the the question that I I want to get to is about to pay for you, but before that. The hook, the main hook here, at least to me, is that Marty Skrull is now ah, yes. mm-hmm. booking ROH. He showed he showed up at their TV taping. On the other hand, Nick Aldis showed up at ROH's uh, TV, mm-hmm. and thus they've created a little bit of synergy between the two companies. Uh, in 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 uh, in this uh, for, at least for this show, and and I'm assuming there's going to be a long a longer storyline of Aldis and Skrull uh, at some point. But uh, Flip Gordon is going to be in the main event against Aldis on this show. Uh, what did you think about the pairing of of Flip here uh, in this in in the story? Like there there wasn't a whole lot of of uh, teasing or of of marketing him it just kind of happened i think a lot of people thought it was going to be squirrel and then and then it's flip like not that i have an issue with flip gordon i think it'll be a fun match but just mm-hmm. i i think a lot i think i was hoping like oh all this and squirrel like that might be 
a pay-per-view, but then when it's Alderson flip, it seems like it's a little bit of a, uh, of a, uh, a change there. What did you think about how, that whole thing and how that happened? Uh, I actually agree with you. I'm kind of in line with your thinking on this. I, as soon as Marty Skrull came out at the uh, end of the last NWA pay-per-view, which was, um, which was in December into the fire, uh, I was immediately interested in a match between the two. And I thought that is where they were going once it was announced that they were doing one more pay-per-view again in uh, January, just a month after the previous one. I thought that's the direction they were going. Um, and then, of course, you have now Nick Aldis versus Flip Gordon. Uh, I kind of, I kind of with you that it was not out of left field because obviously Squirrel and Flip Gordon in ROH have a connection. But I was a little disappointed. That said, I'm willing to give them time. Like NWA power essentially what they have built is enough goodwill with me as the viewer as a consistent viewer of their product that even if i it's not the match i want i'm i'm anticipating it's going to be leading to an aldis scroll match down the road either at another pay-per-view i would hope it's a nwa pay-per-view or at least a, an nwa joint ring of honor pay-per-view that would be something that'd be pretty fascinating to me i would actually want to pay money for that product as well um i actually i think a home and home would actually be really cool yeah i since scroll is going to is now the new booker of ring of honor if that's i guess that's already gone into effect probably uh i i think it's i think ring of honor and nba is actually a good pairing um i think ring of honor ring of honor has had some talent issues i think over the course of like 2019, for example, like, I mean, they've, it, I almost feel bad for them because they've been so cannibalized both by WWE and AEW over the course of the last several months that they really need new inf uh, infusion of people. Uh, and while some of the people in NWA power, uh, not exactly what I would call the ring of honor style. I mean, I don't really, I didn't really think like Ken Anderson is like the traditional ring of honor fan type of wrestler but i still think that it's a good pairing i think there is some fresh matchups there i think the aldis scroll is, is that's a compelling match to me i want to see where they're going to go with that storyline and i think this is going to build towards they're building towards something so i think i think aldis flipboard actually will be a good match it's just not something that i was anticipating but i'm not i'm not sorry because i'm not i think the match ultimately is going to be a good match and and again NWA Power is a lot about advancing the storyline, so I'm excited to see where they're going to go with it. Uh, so that they are taking the opposite route of at least based on these these first two pay per views, then AEW. Mm -hmm. In that AEW is only going to do probably four big shows a year that they're going to charge their their fan base for. With NWA, they're coming right back the next month. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that strategy. Uh, but if you are a hardcore NWA fan, I don't imagine you're. You didn't plop down your twenty dollars to prepay uh, to get this show. But it seems like it's a little quick, and uh, and and just you know, just from from a hardcore fan perspective, what did you think about them coming back so quick? And you as a buyer having to, you know, spend another 20, 25 bucks or whatever it is on wrestling when, you know, like we just talked about, everything is so accessible 
And, you know, you only have to pay $10 for WWE for their everything in their whole, you know, in their whole library and New Japan mm-hmm. World similarly. And you're asked here to to back to back months to spend money to watch one show. I kind of question it myself. Uh, I feel like if you are going to go, if they are going to do the frequent pay-per-view model, I would have thought more, maybe every other month would have been something that was realistic doing it one month after the previous pay-per-view i do kind of question that um i guess we'll see in the future that's the model they continue if it's a monthly thing i think they do benefit from being the the price point isn't so bad i mean they've been doing like twenty dollars twenty five dollars but they've been pretty generous uh or the, the the deal they must have worked out with Fight TV, they are offering a lot of discounts if you pre-order. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I pre-ordered both Into the Fire and this show, and it was a discount both times. It's only like five bucks. I mean, five bucks can make a difference, but I we'll see. Like, if I think the quality as a viewer, the quality of their shows is such that I'm willing to entertain that. But we'll see if it's an every month thing. People may decide to pick and choose depending upon what the card is. Um, I don't think their price point is too bad though right now, but I do kind of question if it's a, if it's going to be a monthly thing that said, I mean, fight TV and some of the companies that they've paired with again, right now the market is so hot for wrestling. There are a lot of people who are going to plunk down a certain amount of cash every month uh, for Essentially, even though it's only $10 for WWE, $10 for New Japan, uh, you actually get a year-long package. I think it's it's roughly like $10 or so for the Ring of Honor uh, Honor Club. Right. Uh, it's it's minimal amount of money, but there are people out there who are really consuming content that's not those major promotions. There are people out there who I know I know one individual in particular. He. He throws down money every month, probably in ex- way in excess of 20, 30, 40 bucks just to get game changer wrestling shows. Yeah. Uh, progress wrestling, you know, different kind of content that's out there. So it might be a good strategy. I mean, they, the model they have just shows on YouTube for free. I think it's, it's awesome because you're getting great content. Um, and they're trying to obviously monetize that into you buying regular pay-per-views right now they kind of have me sold we'll see i think if they they keep the content up they could have a a small but loyal following and i mean it's just it could be pure profit on their point so i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of hold off judgment and see where they're gonna go with it right now i'm happy well, there's there's competition. You know, this is a, this. I'm sure this is an experiment. You know, and this this weekend they, you know, there are two uh, WWE shows that I think will be viewed by uh, a large majority of that wrestling fan base that's out there. So that you know they they will have to combat that. But you know, it's it's uh, it's good to. I know on Fight TV, I think you can you buy it and like you literally can have it forever. So you know, people will pick and choose. You know, maybe they don't watch it. Saturday Saturday night and they decide to watch it uh, at a different time. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a, it's an interesting experiment for them. I know when I talked to uh, to Dave Lagana, he thought that, you know, the YouTube model was actually 
inter- you know, very interesting because of the analytics side of it that they know exactly who's watching, exactly what time, you know, they they watch and and when they tune out and how many and but you know the, the those views have 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 gone down pretty much every every week. Uh, sense so they but again this is all sort of brand new like this is this is they're trying something out that no one has ever done before so there's not there's not a blueprint in how to do this right you know that's a as a fan that sort of fascinates me i know there are those analytics out there i really wish i guess as a consumer i'm just super curious as to what exactly they're seeing uh that'd be fascinating to know because obviously that is factoring into these decisions. Like they are sure. making decisions. They must think, well, there's at least a, a good chance based upon the metrics that they're seeing that people are going to buy this pay-per-view. And I mean, certainly in my case, uh, they've got me. They got they they got my $20 for this pay-per-view. All right. So let, let's talk about this show, uh, Hard t- Hard Times. It is on uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday evening. And I think they do the uh, the six oh five time slot as well, right? Yeah, so so it'll be six oh five for the the show start. So the show is really built around the NWA uh, Television Championship. So there's a the, they're doing the entire tournament. Mm-hmm. So they have four first round matches, and then yep. two semifinal matches, and then the finals to determine who's going to be the television champion. Um, in in tournaments in the past, I know that some fan bases can get a little burnout seeing the same guys over and over and over. So hopefully they'll be able to space these guys out a little bit, and and uh, and that they're you know they're very loud and loyal fan base who is going to be in the audience won't won't get uh, won't get too zoned out. I, I've I've just seen it time and time again in tournaments where you know a guy comes out for the third time and the the pop is less. Each and every time. So we have uh, Tim Storm, Ken Anderson, Ricky Starks, Matt Cross, Zicky Dice, Dan Moff, Question Mark, and uh, Trevor Murdoch are the competitors in the tournament. Who do you who do you think are the, the best bets to come out of this thing as a champion? So the Question Mark has obviously been given a, a big push recently. I don't I could see him advancing over Trevor Murdoch. But I don't really see him going to the end or winning this. Uh, they already have Aaron Stevens uh, holding the the national championship, and I think that's that's enough of that kind of comedy pairing having a belt. Uh, but he, question mark is a fan favorite, so I think people will be receptive to him in his match. Um, they've actually been utilizing Trevor Murdoch quite well. He's kind of kind of been presented as a a grizzled veteran, uh, but he's he's in the face role. Uh, He's been a really good hand uh, so far in the shows that they've done. Uh, so I don't know. I think it, it depends upon who else they have in the other matches. Uh, Zicky Dice, Dan Math. Dan Math, uh, just this most recent episode of Power that debuted, he was inserted. That's part of the, the whole Ring of Honor uh, sort of coalition they formed. And he's going up against Zicky Dice. Uh, Zicky Dice, I don't – I would be – I, I'd be honestly a little bit surprised to see him advance, but he's uh, he's kind of just popped up in the last two, three episodes. I've, I was talking with uh, Brad and Chad, the other guys from the podcast, and I'm, I'm saying to them, I'm not sure if I like him or I hate him because mm-hmm. he's a he's a very loud worker and he's not terribly great, but he is he's kind of leaning heavily into the character. Um, did you see the most recent episode with um, where the inter- like kind of the interaction he had with Ricky Starks? Yes. Yeah, Ricky Starks is making a lot of um, 
<laughs> a lot of off-color uh, Guy Fieri joke because Ziggy Dice looks eerily like a more tatted up Guy Fieri. It was it was quite entertaining. Um, then you have Ricky Starks versus Matt Cross. I think Ricky Starks is going to advance. They've really been giving uh, him a big push. I think that's a great thing. They had a match with him recently, a qualifying match uh, between him and Nick Aldis, where Ricky Starks actually there was a time limit, a six a six of five time limit, and he went the distance with Nick Aldis. Uh, kind of the same kind of concept that they pulled not long ago between Chris Jericho, Jungle Boy. You have the young, talented worker going up against the veteran who is in the championship role or at least a, an upper mid-card main event level role and going toe-to-toe with them and actually coming – go at least going the distance with them. Uh, I think that definitely shows that they really want to – they want to do something with him, and he's a good hand. I think he's a really talented kid. So I like that. I could see him advancing to the semifinals. And then you have Tim Storm versus Ken Anderson. I actually think I'd be shocked if Tim Storm doesn't advance. I could see Tim Storm actually taking the entire tournament just because I think his storyline, I think his storyline is kind of trending in that direction, or at least obviously they want, they want to keep him in the, the kind of upper mid card to main event spot. I, I do still think that somewhere down the road, there's going to be some further interaction between him and Nick Aldis, I don't know if it's going to be a title match, what it is, but he's a little too connected to Aldis, and Aldis is stable. And the overall storyline, I feel like they've been going since the very first episode of NWA Power, has been tied to Tim Storm and his kind of whole right. arc over whether him as a as an older veteran, if he still has anything left in the tank, if he can still kind of succeed in the business and overcome the challenges, and especially in the form of Nick Aldis, who started off almost like a friend to him and then betrayed him. Right. Yeah. I, I really love Ricky, Ricky Starks. Uh, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what their plans are with him, uh, but he, I think he's got something and I would love to see him do well in this tournament. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I have a great feel uh, of where they're going because I'm not a regular viewer, but he definitely, he definitely stands out. Question mark obviously stands out as uh, as, a gimmick, and uh, again, like you said, Tim Storm. He he's also he he's got a great story. Um, okay, so tag team titles: Rock and Roll Express uh, versus James Storm and Eli Drake versus the Wild Cards. Uh, what do you think about this one? I almost feel like they need to put it back on the Wild Cards. I really, for nostalgic purposes, I loved that Rock and Roll Express won the titles off the wild cards. They had their ninth run as the NWA World Tag Team Champs. And I think they've actually done some fun stuff with the Rock and Roll over the last, especially with the last few episodes. The most recent episode, they had Ricky Morton challenge for the NWA title against Nick Aldis. Um, Wasn't a terribly great match. I mean, (laughs) Ricky Morton is kind of limited at this point, but from an actual narrative story like storyline perspective it actually made sense and it was something that i was interested in seeing even though i knew it wasn't going to be a great match but all that said i think with them pushing aldis and aldis's uh, new stable strictly business which is him uh the wild cards and camille uh i think i think the kind of the heat is on the wild cards to actually advance uh but that said, I wouldn't also be surprised if they put the title on James Storm and Eli Drake just 
because I think they're trying, excuse me, they're trying to get those two guys, obviously continue to have them be major players in the promotion. And I think they've actually utilized both of them quite well. Um, I could see them doing, doing something with them, maybe put the title on them. But I think the, I think the money is probably with the wild cards. Uh, Royce, Royce Isaac's, uh, character when he's away from the tag team is quite interesting. <laughs> it is. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of Eli Drake. He comes across to me as such a copycat of Attitude Era, Austin and Rock and, and those guys. I, I, I would love for him to be a little bit more organic than such a copycat. But, you know, I mean, it, it works for him because, you know, he, he gets that he gets that crowd going and they seem to really like him. But just to me as a viewer, I'm like, OK, like I've seen this act and it was done mm-hmm. better by the guys, you know, 20 years ago. I can see that. Uh, he, he is very over with that crowd. Um, I'm probably a little more, uh, I'm a little more kind, a little more forgiving to him, but I do see that. I think, I think he's obviously someone that they see as a major player. So he's going to continue to be in that spot. Um, I, I don't find him offensive. I, I kind of, I can see where he's a little derivative of other workers, but uh, I find him okay. I, I didn't watch a ton of his work in Impact, so I, I don't know that I. I probably have a, a fresher perspective of him with NWA Power. Aaron Stevens against Scott Steiner, which will be a match. I can definitely say that <laughs> for sure. I don't. It, Scott it Steiner will be a is match. Uh, <laughs> it, Scott it will Steiner exist in, in time and space. Yeah, exactly. Scott Steiner in twenty twenty. Uh, he can talk the talk for sure. He still has that persona. He's still big, though he's not nearly as big as he was, you know, even 10 years ago. God, even three years ago, I remember seeing him uh, WrestleMania weekend uh, mm-hmm. three years ago. I, be- I believe he had a match with like Jeff Cobb or, or something. Uh, and, and, and I just remember seeing him going, God, he's still gigantic. And now you see him on TV. He's not as big as he was, which is probably for the betterment of his own health. But um, right. He's the, uh, I think he's like 57 years old. He's he's getting up there. So he has lost a lot of mass. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to expect from this. I imagine a lot of comedy from Stevens. Uh, I imagine he's going to the, the he did that uh, paralyzed bump the, that mm-hmm. he took in that gauntlet match where yes, he got sort of knocked stiff and he just bounced back on top of the rope and on top of the rope and on top of the rope. And then finally mm-hmm. did the, did the flare flop uh, on the on the mat. I thought that was kind of it was kind of interesting, though, uh, took a little bit of sort of the seriousness out of the match, but um, still was entertaining. But yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea what's going to happen here. I have no idea why these guys are even really paired together. But I guess you need to, you know, you need to get both of them on the show. Yeah, this was a this is a completely random pairing, and they didn't even build up Scott Steiner to challenge Aaron Stevens for this championship. That said, it's happening. Um, I I expect it's going to be almost a purely comedic match. Uh, I think they really want to keep the belt on Stevens because uh, he is, he actually is pure comedy gold in this role. Like he is really just a, to use a, a kind of an acting term, he is just chewing scenery. <laughs> He's just to the fullest. So I think they're going to keep the title on him. I think there'll be some sort of schmas finish, probably involving question mark. Um, this is, if there's any match on the show that's probably skippable, it'd be this, but. I think Stevens has been so good in this comedic role. I think they'll probably do something that's at least like 
watchable. I think there'll be at least some watchable comedy with this. But uh, if you're expecting a serious match at this point uh, for, for <laughs> Stevens versus 2020 era Scott Steiner, I don't think that's that's in the cards. But and uh, Allison Kay and Thunder Rosa for the women's championship. Um, this this is an interesting women's division mm-hmm. because it is centered around uh, mainly two factions. Uh, you could, if you were a fan of Melina Perez uh, ten years ago, you could see her on TV again. <laughs> she's uh, she's doing some wrestling actually. Like she had, she was def- she had definitely had a singles match, uh, but she's the, the you know the manager of Thunder Rosa, and then Allison Kay is the champion. I know a lot of people really think Thunder Rosa uh, is is like you know one of the most improved uh, women. I I guess it's because you know I, I saw her locally. Um, that I'm like I I I I definitely can see you know the appeal, but mm-hmm. uh, you know when you're watching these matches on on NWA, you know most of these matches are so short, you really really can't tell, uh, you know as far as as far as the 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 work, but um, but you know it seems like there's a little bit of buzz behind her character, so we'll we'll see uh, we'll see if they can if they can take her to the next level. I actually am one of those people. I am I've been thus far pretty impressed with Thunder Rosa. I think part of that is the, the way that she carries herself. She carries herself both as a world beater. Like she's just goes in there and seems very intense, just goes hard against her opponents. She seems like a star in my opinion. And unfortunately that the problem with the NWA women's division here, it's not, it's not really their fault. It's kind of the same issues that Ring of Honor was having with their women's division. It's that between the WWE and now even AEW, most of the best women wrestlers, at least in like North America, are kind of tied up to those two promotions. So it's yeah. kind of like who, who, who out there is left. They have a very limited kind of roster that they're dealing with. But that said, I actually think this match has potential to be a really good match. I, I do like Thunder Rosa a lot. She impresses me. And I think Allison Kay, at least in terms of how she presents herself as champion, uh, has been doing a good job. I, I'm kind of interested in in the the storyline going on between the Allison Kay faction and Molina's faction. I'm it's very soap opera-ish in my opinion. It seems very, you know, this group of girls doesn't like me. Mm-hmm. It seems very high school-ish. Uh high school girl clicks but that said it's somewhat captivating so i'm kind of interested to see i think of all the possible matches they could have allison k versus thunder rosa is probably going to be the best actual worked match Mm -hmm. uh of the women combination that they have in the promotion so i i think this is something that will probably be entertaining to watch i I'm, i'm actually in a weird way excited about this one Probably because I'm I'm really come around on Thunder Rose and I'm gonna want to see where they're gonna go with this. I'm I'm for storyline purposes, I don't know if they're gonna put the title on her. Uh, yeah. because I feel like storyline storyline wise that could cause heat between her and Melina. So I wanna see actually if they're gonna pull that trigger and see see what happens there. And then the main event, uh, I imagine Marty is going to be there and he will probably get involved in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I am interested in, in the kind of match they're going to have because I didn't watch the Aldis and, and uh, the the main event. He faced, did he face Tim Storm into the fire? Who did he face? No, he faced James Storm. 
That's right, James Storm. Did did they let those guys go for a little while, or was it or was it on the short side? No, it was a uh, in the Ancient of the Fire. It was a two out of three falls match. So just kind of by extent of that, it actually did go a while. It was probably a don't hold me to this exact timeline wise. I think it was probably like a good twenty minute match. Okay, uh, and they did have Tim Storm involved in the match. Like he, they had the way they set it up was each fall would have a separate referee um right the initial right. The, now now i remember what happened yeah yes. the initial referee was brian hebner then the second fall it form and it went to a, it did go to a third fall which was brian hebner again but there was a there was some there was a schmaz there was a brian hebner got injured it's tip form took over as the referee and there was some some controversy regarding the finish so that again what nwa power i think has really done well is they they kind of move the goalposts they they move the chains advancing storylines so Tim Storm Nick Aldis kind of tied together narratively and that kind of advanced it a little bit further in that regard uh, here I, I think you're right I think we're going to see Marty involved how could you not they're really trying to set that up both for Ring of Honor and also for any possible future NWA Power pay per views uh, I. think I don't expect Flipboard to win this at all. It's not a it's not a title match. There's no there's no kind of threat there. But I I think all this is going to go over. But I, I could see I could see Squirrel involved in some way. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, but in the in one of the recent episodes, I don't know if it was this past episode or the one before, but Aldis did promise to be at Free Enterprise, which is the free show yes. uh, that Ring of Honor is doing in Baltimore on February 9th. So he already plans, he said he's going to show up there. So I imagine that whatever storyline happens this Saturday at uh, Hard Times, that'll get advanced even further a couple weeks later. Yes, I did see mm-hmm. that. Um, okay, so uh, so there you go. You have uh, Hard Times on Saturday at uh, 6.05 Eastern. Now, where can people find your podcast and also share your, your social, you know, personal if you want, and then, you know, podcast social stuff as well? Sure. Um, let's let's kind of run down. We're easy to find on Instagram and also Facebook. Just, uh, just do a search for the Four Corners podcast. Uh, and we are also on Twitter, um, for some reason, I couldn't do Four Corners podcast. It was I had to invert it. So it's on Twitter. It's podcast Four Corners. That's capital P and podcast uh, number the number four in corners. So it's all you know at podcast Four Corners. Uh, I'm I run the Twitter account. So uh, if you if you follow us, if you want to engage with us, like I'll engage with you obviously directly. Uh, we are on iTunes. Uh, just do a search of Four Corners podcast. We should be up there. We are, I think, on SoundCloud. We are on, I think, even uh, Google, I think, has a... We're, we're on, like, every platform, I think, just about. We're on Stitcher, I think, too. We're just we're, we're all over the place trying to get as many viewers as possible. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, good luck with uh, good luck with the show. And at some point, we'll, uh, we'll bring you back on again and, and chat some more. But I really appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay, we're back. Uh, thanks to Matt again and the Four Corners podcast. Uh, I'm very interested to see the results of uh, of the NWA Hard Time Show, and also I'm, I'm 
pretty intrigued about what they are going to do with ROH now that um, Marty Skrull is uh, is in charge as far as booking is concerned. So before we get to the wrestling stuff, I did want to make sure to talk about the UFC 246 because that show was pretty gigantic in, in the whole scheme of things. Um, it's interesting because, you know, uh, our buddy, Alan Forel, who doesn't really follow the MMA stuff all that closely, he was like, oh, McGregor is fighting. He's like, I had no idea. And this was maybe like three or four days before the fight. And then our other buddy doing so they're, they're both they both live in I think they, they, they may both live in Dublin. But so they're like really close to the McGregor scene. And Doohan was like, yeah, I don't, I'm not feeling it. And I was like, well, ESPN is covering it pretty hard, but there is a little like you don't you don't have that feel of that McGregor hysteria that that you would have in previous fights. It was like, oh, Connor's fighting fun rather than I can't wait to get all my friends together to watch Connor fight. So it was kind of slow build. And then right when it hit Friday, Saturday, you know, Ryan Fredericks blogging for us. Um, Paul Fontaine is doing his stuff. Right about Friday, Saturday, I start to feel, I'm like, wow, like this does feel a little big. Then ESPN goes all in on it. They, they're, they're doing cutaways from basketball games. And, uh, and then come Saturday night, and from what it looks like, they did tremendous business. Um, I, I, you know, some folks like to use Google search words as, as, as the, the metric to sort of figure out how big things are. And if you use that metric, it was, you know, probably it would have been one of their two or three biggest pay-per-views of all time if they were still in that old pay-per-view model rather than the current ESPN plus streaming model. But I just wanted to mention, you know, nothing could have gone better for them with Connor winning in that like flash knockout. Um, it wasn't really a flash knockout, but it was a quick knockout. He, uh, he stunned Cerrone a couple times and Cerrone really never got his bearings back. And then Connor just went to town on him. But, um, did you, you know, were you kind of checking results or did you see, you know, on your phone when, when it, when the fight was over and stuff was coming up, like, were you interested in any way at, at what was going on? Um, yeah, I was following on my, on my Twitter, uh, fight, you know, it's following the results of the fights. Cause I know we're, we have our picks. So I was making sure, uh, I did well. And I saw basically the fight was pretty short. I saw basically the whole fight on various different platforms. So, um, it was looked like a fun fight and, you know, I always judge USC's, uh, our, our certain fights hotness by, uh, uh, by my, my coworkers. Cause they uh-huh. all, and they were all talking about the McGregor fight the next day. So um, on Monday, on Monday morning. So um, everyone watched it somehow, some way, um, and they all had opinions on it. They couldn't believe that Cerrone lost, which I quickly reminded that he lost, got you know knocked out twice in a row. <laughs> so um, yeah, they were then they were just deciding who's going to fight next. And so I mean, I I think yeah, it's definitely going to be a big success because when you get those casual fans to order and to watch, it's just going to just be more big time money. I think it's uh, I think it's got to be Masvidal. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, right? Yeah, I mean, I know people are saying uh, maybe it's going to be Usman, or maybe you wait for. I I don't I can't imagine it's going to be Usman. No, um, but um, you know maybe you wait for Khabib, and and you know Khabib still got to beat Tony Ferguson, but then that pushes the fight, you know, probably into the summer. 
um, you know, Masvidal's just waiting to, to fight so they could they could turn it around, you know, fairly quickly if they want, like springtime, uh, Memorial Day or, or something like that. But um, yeah, man, I, I was uh, I was I'm pretty ja- I, I've been pretty jazzed about the UFC in, in the first quarter of this year. Uh, once I saw a lot of the fights they were making, you know, we talked to Heidi Fang last week and we talked about that. But I'm kind of in on the UFC more than I have been in in quite a while. I I, I felt like last year I thought it was a was kind of a down year, but I'm in. You know, I I, I subscribed to um, Jeremy Botter's uh, his newsletter, which is like um like a old school kind of newsletter through through an email through email because I just you know I want to make sure that I'm on I'm on top of the stuff and so hopefully that that will mean that we have more UFC stuff on this show you know I'd love to talk to uh to our buddy Paul Fontaine I'd love to bring on Ryan Frederick on this show I'd love to reach out to uh, Josh Nason and get him on to talk about this stuff so hopefully you know we'll get more we'll get more UFC content on this show to mix in with uh, a lot of the wrestling that we talk about so let's actually I actually want to flip the script a little bit. I want I was going to talk about the Royal Rumble and uh, Worlds Collide next, but I think we should talk about the Wednesday Night War because I'm kind of confused about how NXT plays into the Royal Rumble, um, but stuff from NXT did bleed into what's going to happen at, at Worlds Collide. So we should we should talk about that first. I kind of just looked at it as like, what's the, what were the three biggest things that happened on each show? Um, and to me, for NXT, I think obviously the, the, the main storyline um, for the night was uh, was Keith Lee winning the North American Championship. He beat Roderick Strong. Uh, we had talked about it last week about is he going to sell the leg or is he going to sell the ankle? Yes, he sold the ankle. That was really the story of the match. But what did you think about that match and uh, about, you know, finally, you know, there Keith Lee gets, uh, you know, gets a little bit of gold here. That was great. And and exactly how I said it was going to go last week. You know, he's going to be because uh, remember we talked about like, why was he OK? And he pounced and he looked fine. But, you know, he did have a little bit of a limp after he had his little adrenaline rush last week when he tacked those security guards and the you know, speed of era. But just like this match, he's going to start out OK, but that, that ankle's tender. And once Roddy Roddy was going for it, each throughout the whole match. So I like the story they told. I'm glad they did a title change. Um, I was a little nervous about maybe a, a disqualification finish, something like that, and trying to hold hold it off a little longer. But no, I think it's, you know, you got to do it now. And I think the, it was the right timing for it. And it was a great match. And I, I really enjoyed it. I agree. I thought it was, you know, uh, I, if, if Roddy had won that match or if they had pushed it off any any other, any more time, I'd been like, what the heck are they doing? But I really, I really like to see uh, Keith Lee. The crowd loves to to sing the song about him basking in in his glory. Um, the only thing I will say is that, and this is this is going to be a little bit of a problem when he's facing, you know, just his matches in general. I think I talked about it when I went to see the NXT show, and he actually had to sell, and I was like. Mm. I'm not so sure this is the best usage of him, but I mean, he he does need to, you know, that that is just working his craft, working his craft. I thought the struggle, some of the struggle in this match was him selling because he's he's not it's he's not as good at selling as he is at just being an explosive big guy. And so 
from the storyline standpoint, I thought the match worked. I thought they told the right story, but there were slow spots in that match where I was like, okay, this is the Keith Lee that is not really fantastic. And then when he makes his comeback, you're like, this is the Keith Lee that is like world-class opportunity to be like one of the bigger stars in wrestling today. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about it last week. You know, we disagreed about Rhea Ripley and, and how, a babyface champion needs to be booked. And I think the one of the bigger problems with Rhea Ripley is she's just so much bigger than every heel that she's going to face. And we brought up Hogan. And the thing about Hogan is that he also faced guys who were as big as him or bigger, whether they were fatter or, or actually taller. And so him actually selling was was part of the gimmick because he was facing like these gigantic strong huge guys and i think to some extent if keith lee is going to be you know the fighting champion and if he's got to sell for a lot of his a lot of the time depending on who he's wrestling i think it could be a little bit of a struggle but overall the match was really fun the crowd loves that guy and you know i i really really hope wwe really pushes him to the moon yeah, me too. Um, I think Keith Lee'd be fine. I think the the people at NXT are really smart with him. I think you know he's working. He's working with a guy like you know Wednesday was Roddy. You know Roddy Strong, who's a tremendous worker who can go long matches with him, who can lead him. And I thought they did a tremendous job. Um, maybe it's someone that's you know not as strong as a worker as Roddy. Maybe you keep it shorter, right? Mm-hmm. So I think they'll adjust it. You know, depending on who he's working with. But I thought he did a good job with the selling. I I, I enjoyed the long match. I really did. I I, I thought it built really well, and and the, you know the crowd was really into it too. So um, they really like they they peaked right in the right moment, and it was they did a really good job. That main event was really really good. All right, so I think the second thing uh, when you pull back from that show uh, is obviously the the Dusty Classic Finals are set. You have uh, Riddle and Dunn against the Grizzled Young Vets in the finals. Now, I will say from a selfish, from a tremendously selfish standpoint, I really wanted Fish and O'Reilly to win that match because that's the match that I want to see. And it'll probably get pushed to a pay-per-view, which is fine. But as a selfish wrestling fan who is watching this weekly, that's the final that I wanted. So Grizzled Young Vets are in the finals. They are the UK, the UK team. Um, I thought, I thought both matches were good. I didn't necessarily, I thought, I thought the finish was a little cheap in, 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 in the first uh, tag team match, but both matches were good. The, the second match between uh, Riddle and Dunn, um, and uh, Imperium, uh, you know, it was it was much more high spotty than I thought it was going to be, but it still worked really well. Like I, I have no problem with a lot of the high spot stuff. You know, maybe I maybe I would have had a problem with it like three years ago, but the wrestling has changed a little bit, and so we're a little bit more used to you know some of the high spots. And and you always say you know zero to hero and stuff. So, um, but these guys are so athletic. The timing was so good. Um, the, the, the layout was so good that I didn't mind that, you know, there was just a, a, a lot of high spots, but I thought, I thought both matches, both matches were good. I liked the last, I liked the second one better because I thought the finish was better and, and just overall the, the, the match flowed a little bit better, but both matches were really good. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of that. You know, the distraction leads to a pinfall finish, which happened in that opening of the tag of, uh, it, it just, it just reminds you of raw is what it yeah. does. And, but it, it happened on an AEW, the same show. 
Remember, Kip Saban comes out, Janela gets oh, yeah. distracted. Yep. Same, same thing. It happens all everywhere, and it, it's just a a, a a a lazy trope that I just wish would stop. Um, you know, but the reason why I didn't hate it as much on AEW is because if I think of what a real distraction is, some dude like making out with your ex girlfriend is kind of it was a real the, distraction. It was the same thing. No, I, I, I mean, I, 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 but. The Imperium distraction was like a non-distraction to me. It was like, oh, they're just standing there. They both they both stopped to look at the the people outside when they just could just win the match and then deal with what's out on the outside. I just I hate it with any wrestling, no matter what brand. It just it just annoys me. Um, and plus, they had a hard match because you had two you had two heels right opening the show, so and the crowd still is not used to. The UK talent, there, you know, they they haven't been there as long, even though I know they're on the network and everything. But you well, know, well, me neither. Like that's the one thing that I was, I wish that they did more of was just a little bit more of uh, introducing these guys to us because yeah. they're re- they're good, they're really good team. Yeah, they're great, they're great, and then they have great talent there. And I think you're gonna see a lot more of that in 2020 with the UK brand and the main brand um, um, doing some cross promotion stuff. And but yeah, I think that was a tough deal. You know, the crowd wasn't that hot for that match because I guess you know they have two heels, so who they're cheering for, right? Um, and yeah, it was, but it was still a good match. I did like the second tag match better. Um, you know, Imperium are those guys are fantastic. Fabian Eichner and Martel, uh, Marcel Bartel, and then you know, of course, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle are great. Uh, I thought they could, thought that their chemistry was really good. I was really hyped for this match. Like the, I was more hyped for this match than Roderick Strong and Keith Lee, honestly, all week. So and and they delivered. They did a lot of moves, a lot of spots, but I think a lot of a lot of people miss is like they actually sell and and and, and register stuff when they do these spots. A lot of times, when I get frustrated when like they're just doing moves and not like. They're just acting normal, like you know. They're just look. They're, you can tell their eyes are like, okay, I'm waiting for the next thing. You know, they're actually selling into stuff, and it looked good. So I, I, I thought the match was really good. Um, not my favorite match of the night. I still, actually, strong leaves was my favorite match of the night, but um, I, I really enjoyed it as well. What did you think about Riddle's promo, uh, or, or the the entire post match? Yeah, where Riddle's talking about <laughs> joint and yeah, manipulating. Yeah, it was it was okay. I mean, uh, I like Riddle. I like his I like his character. Um, he's he's entertaining me, but it was kind of you know you could just kind of tell that there was more of a reading of the script thing. So you, you know why I fine. don't like it though is. I can just see it. I, I Vince is going to make him Jeff Spicoli, and it's going to drive me nuts. <laughs> I, we'll see what's going to happen with him. Yeah, you're right, though. Yeah, he might come out as a dull stoner and just, uh, yeah, hope not. But, uh, so, so, but so, he, yeah. he, he'll be in NXT for a while, so we're okay. We're not no need to worry about that anytime soon. So I, I think the 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 other, the, if I was to rank the three biggest things, I thought the Imperium and Undisputed Era face-off at the end was oh, pretty dope. my God. I can't wait I, for that match. And So that match is going to be good. But the other thing is, I was like, I never knew that I wanted to see Adam Cole and Walter as much as I do based on their little 30-second thing. One chop. One chop made you want to see that match. Absolutely. Right? Unbelievable. Walter. And today on NXT uh, UK TV on the network, I only watched the first... 30 minutes of it but walter had a great promo you know building up to uh to uh when worlds collide to, you know on saturday so um yeah i'm, I'm, I'm hyped for this uh, program and this is something i mentioned uh like six months ago or so that i wish they would do uh of a, a, a feud with these guys so mm-hmm. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it because I've been waiting for it. So, I mean, there, there, there was a couple of other things that happened that, that uh, aren't super important, but they, they did do the women. I didn't like to finish in, in the Tony Storm an EO match, but I, I, am, I understand it. I understand it. But um, I don't. I, <laughs> well, I mean, they just they, they didn't want Tony Storm to pin EO, right? They don't want EO to lose. I, I just don't understand why Bianca came in there to interfere. Um, I know it's just a way to get Rhea out there and do like, you know, but like I think, I think they could have done something different. I think I, think, I, I wish they, I wish they would have had Tony Storm beat somebody else. Yeah, they didn't somebody have somebody else. EO. Yeah, didn't have to be, have to wrestle EO, but they wanted a hot match on TV. Of course, you know, it's they're, they're, they're competing. And I just wish they would have had a promo for Bianca or something like that. Just it, I just wish they didn't do that finish. But I mean, the match was the match was good. Shayna's back. Yeah, she uh she looked good. She wrestled Shotzi. Shotzi, great look, great charisma. I just wish she would do moves that she's more comfortable doing, like that slice bread on the outside to the apron just never looks good. I'll have a similar comment about the women's match on AEW. Oh, well, yeah, but this, you know, I mean, this match in particular, I thought, you know, I think Shotzi has something, but I think they really have to pick and choose what she what she does and is make sure she does what she does best in my opinion. So I think, I think they actually sold a lot of people on worlds collide based on that last angle. But outside of that last angle, the show has been oddly built. Um, obviously, you know, Rhea and Tony had a little bit of a, of a tete a tete, but otherwise it's like Finn Balor, like watching a video or, or, or whatever, you know, they, they did the segment with, um, with DIY and you know, they're, Oh, we're going to face these guys. So I think it's going to be a little bit, a, a little bit rough when it comes to actual interest in this show. But I think if they put together, uh, an amazing wrestling show, look at a lot of people to check it out the next day. Yeah. But, uh, they may struggle with the live views. I know, I know the attendance is struggling for, for Houston, but um, I've, you know, it could be one of those like really, really good wrestling shows that gets the repeated viewings afterward. Because I fully expect it to be a fantastic sort of takeover worthy show. And uh, and yeah, even even if the hype train hasn't like gone nuts for this, I still think it'll be really, really good. I think this is this is the one. I know they did one before the tournament, but you know, but I think this one here, I think they're hoping we'll have a barn burner. And next time we do this, people will tune in live. And so that's what I think the goal is with this show. All right. So on the AEW front, um, I, I would say the, the the big takeaway is uh, is one of their, their major storylines, which is Omega and Paige are the tag team champs. And, I, you know, this story of Paige turning, I thought it started kind of poorly. I was a little disinterested. I couldn't tell if I was supposed to, if I had to pay attention to BTE or not. But they're going the really slow route and I don't think this has been a home run at every at every level, but I it is something that I am interested in and it's one of those things where you know what's going to happen. You can probably predict when it will happen, but it's still interesting to me and uh and I I I you know, I think it was probably like a month ago where I was like, "Man, Paige really needs to pick up his personality." And he's done it. Like he's, you know, he's still Paige, but just, you know, the the subtle things of him you know, turning back the young bucks and being disinterested and Kenny trying to get his attention. And he's just kind of like, oh, I'm done. And, you know, being in the crowd like that stuff. I thought he's done. A, he's 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 turned. Uh, 
he's turned 180 for me when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, I'm super interested in, in, in seeing how, how they do it. And, and this match was again, really, you know, spot heavy, but I think they, they got, uh, they, they got to where they wanted to get with this match. And I, it was fun to see, uh, these guys on the boat and, and doing that in front of a, a crowd that was really into the, you know, the whole idea of AEW and the Jericho cruise. Yeah, I, I liked the angle a lot this week. Definitely. I thought everything worked really well. The the match itself, I thought was, I think this was like the best tag team match they've had in AEW, in my opinion. I thought it was really good. Um, I liked the fact that they had little room to do dive outs. So a lot of it was focused on in the ring. And, I, and they told a slower story with the match, too. It wasn't just yeah. like bang, 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 bang. Um, it built nicely. So I think this is my favorite AEW tag team match in the company, in the short company history so far. I think it was really good. Um, the angle afterwards was was great. And uh, the promo with, you know, them celebrating, being interviewed, and Paige being, being like, you know, uh, passed over for the bigger star Omega. And then the Young Bucks coming and Paige kind of blowing them off. I, I, thought, this, I thought they really hit a home run on this episode with, this, with that storyline. Now, if you are booking this thing, would you make them wait until Revolution and defend against the Bucks and do the yep. turn oh, yeah. there? That's what I thought they were doing right off the bat. Like, yeah, I mean, that's what I assume, but it seems like that would be the easiest mm. uh, and, and smartest way to get there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It has, definitely should be at the pay-per-view. I wouldn't do anything anytime soon until then, for sure. All right, and uh, I would say the uh, the next biggest thing is probably uh, the number one contender match with Moxley and Pac. And this this segment I found uh, really entertaining, and and a lot of it was because of Jericho's commentary. I thought Jericho was so good on the mic. Now there were sound issues because the fans were chanting lots of expletives about the ship and the boat, and and you know whose boat was bigger and all that stuff. So like the the commentary was actually cutting out a lot. Like if you were trying to hear closely, but I thought Jericho was was really entertaining as sort of the heel ref, and I mean the heel the heel ref, the, the you know the heel the heel commentator, and it was interesting because you know he was talking about Moxley's eye. And he was like, he's like, you know, Jr. Like he, it's his fault. Like you know, if he had just accepted, you know, the the thing, then this wouldn't have happened to him. And then Jr.'s like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I guess you had to do what you had to do. But Jericho then reminded, he's like, dude, he hit me with the bottle in the head first. Like he started it. And I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So so that like like that was so good. And then you know the match in of itself, like from what I understand, like live there was like a dead spot that they must have edited out, and I'm not sure exactly what happened. But you know it started out as a fight, and and it was you know Pack taking advantage of the eye, and and really you know focusing on the eye. He wasn't you know even Jericho mentions like yeah you know well, sometimes the easiest way to do this is just to attack, and instead of doing flips and dives and all mm-hmm. this stuff, I just go at it. And so I thought that was really good. And then, you know, Moxie, uh, I think we all had sort of figured Moxie's going to win because, you know, because they're, they're leading to Moxie and Jericho. But, you know, overall, uh, I thought I thought that segment worked as well. Yeah, I thought the match was good. Um, the story was well told. You know, Pac really working on that eye. Uh, they basically copied the same, uh, well, not as good of a match um, back in, I think it was 85, 86, uh, Bill Dundee and Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler had his eye patch and his, you know, he's all taped up well, over one eye and just in Dundee's just 
punching in his his eye, staying on his blind side the whole match, the whole match. And then you know Lawler's such a great seller. He's, he finally makes that big comeback. They brawl all over the freaking building. Um, it wasn't as great as a match as that, but um, I enjoyed like Pac was you know really you know um, you know working on the eye. There was a funny moment though when who would they would Moxley kind of adjusted his positioning for. Yeah, and I, and, and they I had to cover that, it up. They had to cover right. it up, saying like, "Oh, you, that's so smart." But I mean, you just I don't know, you just made Pac look like an idiot, you know. And, just and, still I, and I the move. and I think that's where they then sort of had to like <laughs> roll outside of the ring and talk about what they were going to do or or something like. Because I, I I heard that after that thing, they sort of had to reset. So we didn't get to see the resetting part, mm-hmm. but we did see whatever was the was the communication error or the problem. It's funny. Like, so, remember back in the SmackDown days when it was tape, people used to big bag on WWE for that. <laughs> so it's, like, it's television, right? They're the television products, especially when it's tape, they can go back and do stuff like that. It's just... And then... And then that crowd, I think that crowd, you know, they're there, they're partying, they're drinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely more for the action-packed spots, right? But when they're trying to tell a story, they, they kind of seem to be, you know, not as loud or into it in this match. I think it kind of hurt the, the crowd. I think the crowd wasn't ready for a story, you know. Well, I, I would I would also say that, you know, next year, because so technically, I think they want to do it live next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you know, I, I don't know, you know, maybe, I don't know if this would heal Justin Roberts, but I would just, you know, say, hey, you know, just a reminder, we're doing live TV, so, you know, unless yeah, you want to, you want to hear, you know, JR and, and Tony get edited out, like, let's make, let's make the, the chance PG-13 instead of R or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, I think, I think so um i think the other the other thing that i liked the most about uh about this show and it's not because i necessarily thought the angle needed to go here already but it was just the idea that someone was going into the drink and if it had to be someone it was probably mjf is probably the best guy because he's the best guy to do it but it's probably i don't know six months early for him to go in the drink (laughs) way too early i was like i kept I, i was like no no, don't do it. Don't do it. Escape, you know, and they throw him in. I'm like, oh, man, he's such a main event heel and he shouldn't be taking a, a dip in the drink. I think it's for hard body Harrison when they threw him in the nitro, yeah, yeah. you know, like, uh, uh, you know, throw Marco Stunt in the pool, you know, or something like that. I, just- well, I was thinking who could have been. Uh, who could have been sort of with MJF to get like MJF runs away? Like Can't be Warlow. Yeah, uh, yeah, because he's too. He's too. He's the bodyguard bunny. Guy. Bunny would have been perfect. Yeah, maybe with the butcher and the blade out there with her, and then you know somehow Cody, you know they all, you know he gets a hand on her, maybe tosses her in there, and you know cute wet girl in the pool. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I just think uh, MJF was that. That was a that was a mistake. Just just wait, way too early for that kind of crap. Um, and then, uh, and, and then, yeah, you know, C- Cody's stuff with him was was, was solid. I, I agree with you in general, but I, I just I did love the fun of them u- utilizing, you know, because they're never going to be, you know, for for the whole next whole year, there's never going to be a wrestling yeah. ring near a pool. So just well, just like you, just like with wrestling, when the cake comes out, someone's face is going in that cake. Yeah. As we've seen when the night show when they did the spring break parties, you know, someone's going in the pool. So uh, I do want to talk about the uh, Britt Baker heel turn. Now, um, the match, uh, you know, I I don't know if Priscilla Kelly is is uh, is a good wrestler or not. Um, I, I 
I thought she was a little bit of a step ahead uh, of Brit and was kind of having to wait for Brit to do her stuff, which, like you said about uh, about uh, Shotzi, probably not really great at some of that stuff yet. So it comes, it doesn't come off as, as slick as someone who's really good at some of those moves. I feel the same way about Brit. I, it, it to me, it looked like Priscilla was just like waiting there for Brit to do stuff rather than them flowing together. But um, the match was what it was. But what did you think about her attempt at healing on Tony Schiavone? Cause he, Tony Schiavone tried like hell to uh, be offended at what she was telling him. I thought this was like a train wreck segment. It was the goal for her to have such a bad promo that they want to cut her off or be, a, you know, like it was like it was like wrestling promo class day one promo. That's how bad it was. I've 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 taught promo class <laughs> at APW and I've seen these 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 lame promos like this. It was so bad. And she cussed. And I was like, you know, they're getting a little too much with the swearing in my opinion. I think they need to dial it back. Maybe have one or two people do it, but not like now Britt Baker is swearing. Like if everyone swears, not going to mean as much. Yeah. And, uh, it was just, it was bad. I mean, I, 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 I'm guessing they worked it to where they're going to cut her off, but she was, you know, hairs flying on her face was windy. And she was like, you know, trying to communicate the crowd. And it was a really, I hope it was, I hope it was a shoot. And they said, this is so bad. This is cut. (laughs) But, uh, it was, it was bad. I, that was one of the worst segments they've ever done. So I think the part where they went off the air was she was making fun of Tony's teeth and saying that he needs to make an appointment with her because of, you know, whatever tooth she gave the, the med, you know, the medical term for the, for the tooth and, and that he needs to come in and, and get that tooth looked at or, or whatever. But I think the the thing is, um, you remember Sable's, uh, when, when Sable tried to turn heel, her, her gimmick was, um, you know, uh, the the men the men want to be with me and all the women want to be me or something like that. I think they're trying to do that with Brit, but also from the intellectual standpoint where she's like, I'm hot and I'm I'm smart and I'm kind of like the catch of all catches. And, and look, I, I think that's a better way for her to kind of go as far as right now, because she's still, you know, even though her her boyfriend is is a fantastic wrestler, that doesn't mean that you know all of a sudden she's going to be great. And I think that's what a lot of fans expect. Like, oh, you know, Adam Cole's your your boyfriend. Why aren't you you know fantastic? Like, she's got to learn her thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got to she's got a more of a WWE look than than anything else. But I still think that. Um, you know, she, she's pretty enough and she's, she, she has some pretty funny facials, but I think this is the right, the right path for her. She just needs the, the repetitions like she, of all people, you know, if someone could, could turn back the hands of time and have her work like seven days a week, like she would get so much better, so much faster, but in just working, you know, one day a week, she's, she's not really getting, uh, going to get there, you know, as soon as I think everyone wants her to get there. Yeah. I mean, it's, her work's yeah, really bad. And like, yeah, it needs, she needs time, but like she wrestles small. If you, if what I mean by that is like, she crouches down to the, instead of wrestling, you know, being taller, wrestling, you know, wrestling bigger than you are, like keep yourself up. Um, I noticed like she just crouches down and just looks awkward. Um, and then, uh, what was her name? Priscilla, right? Priscilla Kelly. Yeah. She wasn't that good either. So yeah, that make, you had that going with it Two, you know, two people that can't lead each other. And it just, it was just a bad, bad match. 
Now, but if you like, let's say that that Britt Baker uh, walked into the uh, the 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 APW. Uh, mm you know, gym or whatever. And you were like, okay, like she's got a great look. I can help her with some of this stuff. And, you know, she'll, she'll just get better wrestling good people. Like she, she seems to me more so than just about anybody else on that show as this like great ball of clay. But the problem is, is she came in with such high regard that, and they don't really have a lot of women that they kind of had to push her really quickly. And she's just like, not where they need her to be. They just need they needed more leaders with her to work. That was you know that's her that's that's the issue. They need the kind of balance of. I, mean, I don't know who they're, if they're out there because a lot of them are already signed to WWE, right? In the women's yeah. division, so yep. it's one of those things. that It's a tough deal, you know, when you're you know you're you're signing these people from the indies who don't have TV experience. They have to learn on the fly, and like I said, they don't they don't do house shows, so they're not they're not working you know on a regular basis. They're working just once a week. So yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough for them. The learning curve is going to be a lot tougher for them. All right, what else uh, stood out to you on this show? I was really upset about the six man tag and Jericho Jericho beating Marco Stunt. Yes, well, not that, not not that. I mean, that, that's the finish I expected. I just thought Jungle Boy didn't look anything special. I mean, he did some good moves. He looked athletic, but like he sold most of the time. He made the hot tag. I thought maybe Marco should have been the one taking the heat. Um, it didn't feel like like you wanted to see that match again between Jericho and Jungle Boy. In my opinion, I, I thought it was really poorly executed. Honestly, I, I think they could have they could have done more. Where you know you want to see that match again. I just felt like he was just an afterthought. And I know they're building you know that you know it's Jericho Moxley's where they're going to obviously. For yeah, pay-per-view. yeah. But like you know you have a couple weeks where you know you need to do something with Jericho on TV. And I think they could have had something there where it made you want to watch the match between them again. And, and honestly, they didn't for me. So I, I, I agree with you. But how much of that? So I feel like Jack came out of his shell a little bit. But I feel like he's kind of gone back in his shell. And I don't know. Is that his fault? Is it the booking's fault? Because I, I feel like there was opportunity for him to stand out in that match, but he didn't take advantage of like, you know, Marco's doing cheap stuff to get over, right? He's wiggling out of the, uh, of the life preserver and stuff like that. And plus he's a small guy. So anytime he gets big offense on, on, on these big guys, the crowd's going to go crazy. But I feel like, I feel like Jack sometimes has opportunities and he's so reserved and he's so kind of like a poker face that he does. Sometimes he doesn't take advantage of those opportunities. I mean, all the moments for the babyface side of that team was for Marco mainly. And then, uh, Luchasaurus had, you know, a moment, but like jungle boy was there to sell. He was there to take the heat and make the hot tag. And I, you know, I, w- I would like to see Marco in there. He can make the hot, he can make the hot sell, make the hot tag to, the the Jack he can make a good comeback look great have you know Jericho on the ropes with some near falls he should have been one getting the near falls on on Jericho not uh, not Marco and then you know finally you know Marco tags in again and you know that's when he gets beat you know but I wouldn't beat Jungle Boy for sure I just I just thought I thought they were gonna do something something special with this and it was just uh, it was a it was just a match really I sense Jericho has taken a liking to to young Marco. Oh, I know, I know. He's going to give him a concert the next show, um, all that. 
I, yeah, I know he's trying to. I, I know because he was a big defender of Marco when everyone started, you know, getting on him when he had that match with the Lucha Brothers, right? You could, well, he he was a, originally a naysayer uh, of Marco, just like everyone else, and then he started. You know, he made sure that he watched the tape, and then mm-hmm. he was like, you know, watching him get over, and and so he turned the corner, for, at least as far as from the stories that I heard from from the crews that he was telling. So yeah, I mean. You can have Marco on the roster, but use him, you know, you got to use him sparingly and, you know, he should be the one selling. He should have a big, you have him, he should have a moment or two for sure, but that's how I would use him, you know, just that's what I would do. Like I said, for that six man tags, he should be the one taking the heat because, I mean, how good of, how easy of heat is beating up a little guy like that, you know, bowling a guy around and. I would have much preferred to see that. And then he tags his Jungle Jack, and Jungle Jack comes in. Like I said, House of Fire, boom, boom, some near falls. You know, somehow Marco tags back in, and and the finish, boom. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased because, uh, of course, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Jungle Boy. But, you know, the thing that I would hope is that, you know, that that he doesn't, in similar instances, that, that you know, Marco doesn't, doesn't, uh, drink his milkshake to 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 an extent because i i do think there are opportunities where you know maybe he 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 could make sure that 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 you know he gets he gets some too rather than marco steal sort of all the thunder but hey you know i know they're also really good friends so so and you know they're all living their best life so they're, they're having really good friend they're really good friends but the the promoters and the bookers have to realize which guy is money and which guy is not and you know uh, marco is a short-term thing uh, Jungle Boy is someone for the future. You know, I thought the show moved a lot better too because we didn't have a Dark Order segment and we also didn't have a Nightmare Collective segment because Brandy wasn't there. So, you know, you eliminate those two segments and, you know, the, our buddy doing in the, in the uh, Fight Game Podcast Facebook group, he made this point. He's like, yeah, no Dark Order segment, no Nightmare Collective segment. And that made the show move so much better. Oh, agree 100%. I thought this was one of their better shows. Um, anything else before we move on to the uh, two shows this weekend? No, that was about it. I mean, I, I, I like both a lot. Then this week, uh, you know, nothing really drove me nuts other than maybe a little bit of Jack Jack Perry treatment in that tag match. But other than that, I like I said, I like both. I wish I had held off on throwing MJF in the pool. <laughs> um, NXT was solid as usual. Nice brain event. Great tag match. Um, you know, so yeah, it was just a great night of wrestling as always on Wednesdays. All right, so let's talk quickly about these uh, these two shows this weekend. Um, I'm not going to watch Worlds Collide live, more than likely. Though I may watch a, a little bit here and there, just trying to find time. But um, I do plan on like you know, taking some time Sunday and maybe it's doing 60 minutes of cardio and watching half of this thing <laughs> at the gym. But I, I, I am, I am really excited, you know, from a wrestling perspective for this show. So I, I will definitely watch it. And, you know, you and I, we have plans uh, on Sunday night as, as long as they happen, uh, that to, uh, review both of these shows. Uh, so we'll have an extra episode of the fight game podcast, uh, next week, uh, in the beginning of the week. So hopefully, hopefully that works. I don't want to jinx us and, and all of a sudden something happens and we can't do it. But that is a plan. Um, so for this show, you have uh, DIY versus Mustache Mountain, which, you know, anytime you get to see Tyler Bate against either of those two guys, like, sign me up. Um, so I think that'll be great. The only thing about this match is um, 
I think it's probably going to be like the first or second match on, on the card. Uh, you know, unless they move things around, they they could possibly move things around. But um, the only thing I worry is maybe they don't get a whole lot of time, and maybe this kind of kicks off the show. I don't know. They're getting time. <laughs> Trust me. So I mean, you know, it's only five matches, like a normal takeover show. So. Mm-hmm. Um, they will have the opportunity, but depending on, you know, that main event could go long. Um, but they've been going um, two and a half hours, so I, I expect to, to do that around that time. So there's pl- plenty of time to do 20 plus great tag team match, and that match is going to be insane. And then uh, Angel Garza against Swerve Scott, against Jordan Devlin, against Travis Banks. The fact that it's a four-way means that it's going to be mm-hmm. mad- madness. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's some good guys there. So I, while I fully expect madness, I also think they'll figure out how to, how to, really, how to really make it a, a captivating, captivating match. Because it's not like, you know, it's not like this is just a, a match to get, like, four guys on because they, they weren't going to be on anyways. Like, this is actually four really good guys. Yeah, no, it's going to be... I mean, if you're into like a lot of moves and all the action, just you know, four ways are for you, and you have you know four high quality guys. Like Jordan Devlin has been amazing in the last couple of years, and you know, and I like everyone in this match. So I expect and hell to retain. Though I could, I do. You know, it's funny. I was watching the NXT UK show today, and I was kind of sensing a possible quick title change for that title, but I hope not because I think it's nice if you establish the. Uh, um, and hell as a, as a long-term champion because I think he's great like I thought his promo on um his promo was really good you know he has like he's just a unique charisma about him and oh yeah uh, oh yeah that he's got the machismo so I mean more segments with that guy more like yeah like like out and about like Razor was you know, not, you know I know he's already wrestled and we already know kind of we, we need more of his, we want to know more about him that's what that's what I want to see him with the ladies and just okay is know, he supposed to be a ladies man because oh that's right because he, <laughs> he just proposed to his girlfriend on TV well maybe they're 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 they want him like a like a like a like uh Justin Timberlake. You know what I mean? Like they just want him. He's like he's like he's darting out. I'm a I'm a married man, you know, or something like that. Well you saw the Justin Timberlake news, right? Like he was um, like holding yeah, hands yeah. like with a co star or something. Ooh, kinda yeah. got in trouble. Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> well what about uh what about Ric Flair saying that he retired the second cell phone? Oh and I didn't know hear this. This is awesome. <laughs> this is like Sam Malone just getting rid of the black book, man. This is huge. Supposedly on on the Jericho cruise, he was telling stories about that. I, maybe I, Jericho may put it may be a future uh, Jericho podcast for all I know. Um, but yeah, supposedly that was what he said was he retired the second cell phone. <laughs> uh, okay, so Finn Balor and Ilya Dragunov. How much of Dragunov have you seen? I haven't really seen much of him. Uh, a few matches in WXW with uh, Walter. Um, I like him a lot. He's such a unique character with the red eyes, and he comes he's out a, with. He's got a ridiculous physique too. His traps are insane, and he comes out and this song's playing. He's like you know you know tendering with the crowd. And he's just doing. I don't know. He's just he's excited. This match is this match is gonna be great. So I mean, if you don't know him, you're definitely gonna like him after this. And he had a great match with Cesaro at the you know a couple takeovers ago. And then uh, Rhea Ripley and uh, Tony Storm will be pretty interesting. I I feel like, you know, t- ever since Tony Storm won the May Young Classic, she's uh hasn't had that same hype. So I hope I mean, I know she had that really that really good match with Shayna uh I don't know how long ago that was, maybe a year ago now. But, you know, she I I I've, I felt like, you know, what 
you know, a couple of years ago when I first saw her, I was like, okay, she's the one. She needs to be pushed. She, she's, and I don't necessarily feel that way. I think Rhea sort of leaped over her as as that hot prospect on on the women's roster. But I really hope, I really, really hope Tony shines here because I want, I want her to continue to ascend and and get on the radars of that main roster because I think she, I think she just has like she has the it factor and 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 I, I want, I want to see her do well because you know her and her and Rhea are are, are kind of the future uh, in in a couple years of, of whatever that whatever that main roster is and I want them both to succeed here. Yeah, I think what happened with, Rhea, I mean, with uh, Tony Storm, excuse me, I think she. Should have been on NXT and not NXT UK, but they, you know, I understand they needed, you know, they wanted, you know, some some names or some hot acts on NXT UK when it when it started. So, but I think like like Pete Dunn, like she was a she was she was one to kind of have her on this roster on on the United States roster, but but uh, yeah, she's she's really good. They have a history here, you know. She's uh, she's beaten Rhea twice, so it's just a natural matchup, which you know, simple booking, and and uh, I'm sure they'll have a, a really good one as well. This 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 like I said, this card's loaded. And then, of course, um, Imperium and Undisputed Era. This is not an elimination match, right? It's just one fall. I believe it's just yeah, straight up uh, a man tag. So it should yeah, be so wild. This, this should be nuts, and and I'm really looking forward to this too because, like I said, after after that little schmaz at the end, I was like, Walter and Adam Cole, I want to see this. So hopefully they get a few sequences there. Yeah, I wonder who uh, I wonder who goes over in this one. Um, I, I I actually don't. You know, my gut says undisputed era, but. My gut says they also might see something else. Like I, I'm kind of fifty fifty, and it'd be cool to see Imperium get over. It'd be cool to see NXT UK kind of go oh, yeah. strong in this because you know there's like I said they're now they're on TV in the UK. It's not just on the network, and you know they're building that brand up, and and that show's really good. Like I said, it's a fun. I mean, I know Paul Fontaine and I are the ones that watch it probably but <laughs> in our Facebook group, but uh, uh, it's like uh, for an hour of wrestling, like you talk about the hour Hulu of NXT, like the yeah. hour of uh, NXT UK is just so simple and, and quick and easy to watch, and it, it's good good wrestling, good good booking, simple booking, nothing too hard to follow. All right, so let's talk about uh, the Royal Rumble, which, you know, Royal Rumble used to be like my single favorite pay-per-view of the year. I always looked forward to it because, A, it sort of signifies the beginning of the road to WrestleMania. The Royal Rumble match is, you know, some there have been some bad rumbles, but generally there's surprises. You're sort of seeing the the the, the layout of, of where they're going. Uh, some WrestleMania matches are kind of put together. For whatever reason, I am not as excited for this show as I have been in the past, and I'm not exactly sure why. I think because you're, you're like me, like I haven't really watched in a while. I haven't really followed too deeply of, and I follow results, but I'm not really invested in a lot of the stories right now. Um, I, you know, maybe I just, you know, life's busy right now for me and you. And so, like, you know, fitting in three hours on Monday and two hours on Friday just hasn't been the cards right now for me. So, I think if I was watching, you know, those shows, you know, each and every week, I think I'd be a little bit more excited for this. But I mean, it's still a rumble. It's still fun. I I'm curious to see what they're gonna do, who they're gonna show up. I have a few ideas that you know. I wonder what they're gonna do with Brock. I mean, they have a nice hook for Russell uh, for Royal Rumble this year. Like, you know, Brock is number one and. Is someone going to eliminate? I would think so. I would think someone's going to eliminate him. Who that? Who's that going to be? I, I, I don't even know. Drew, 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 Drew. Could Drew. be. 
could be Drew or Drew could win it, but someone else can knock him out, you know, too. Yeah. And it, you know, the one that's uh, that people are dreading is uh, Cain Velasquez. <laughs> No, because they ruined it for us already. No, that's I, he's so funny. You bring him up. I totally forgot about him. Um, I know people are they still think Tyson Fury, though. I can see Tyson Fury coming in doing something. Um, I, I I think he's he's too in deep to to training for that Deontay Wilder fight. I think it's too it's too late in the game for that fight for him to show up here. What if Deontay Wilder? <laughs> that's <laughs> it. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I can see definitely Kane in it for sure. I think I think he's supposed to be in it. Like I think it was announced. uh, It was announced somewhere that he had maybe signed a deal or signed a three year deal, or he was mentioning his three year deal or something like that. I hope they do the lift him over the top rope where he hits the apron and he gets pushed off because I just get scared with his knees going over that top rope to the floor. You know, I just can see bad things happening. But what about um, surprises? Who do you think? I mean, well, who, who, yeah, what, what surprises do they have now? I mean, I don't, I don't know who they. I mean, I mean, I think there's one major. There, there's two surprises. I mean, I, I think we all agree Shane is going to be in it, right? Like that's not necessarily a surprise. Side, yeah, that's but um, she'll, she'll, you know, it would be a nice surprise if she wins, right? Because then or it, it Rhonda? kind of sets, sets things. And Ronda's the one, right? I yeah. think Ronda. If Ronda shows up on this show, it becomes all of a sudden super newsworthy. But if she shows up and then she gets eliminated and she's not doing anything at Mania, I'll be a little bit disappointed. Like if she's in it and all of a sudden she wins or she goes to the end and it sets up something for like a quick WrestleMania match, then all of a sudden you have something like you have a little bit of a hook there for WrestleMania that I think will be really cool. But for the men's side, I can't think of anybody because... You know, a lot of the guys that we would have thought about, um, you know, are are working for AEW or um, or maybe uh, you know soon to to be on AEW. I, like I can't think of because it's almost like everybody is signed, right? Like mm-hmm. who's out there? I mean, there could be. I mean, I, I, I imagine I there's going to be some NXT guys in there, but they're not necessarily surprise surprises. We expect them to be on. Yeah, there, expect but. some NXT guys in there for sure. I mean, I think Keith Lee will be in it and i think you'll have a moment you know a big moment and i'm sure it'll be someone of you know high heist high level on that roster to eliminate him so he's not like in, thrown out by you know uh, uh, uh you know what's his name zach Ryder or something like that mm-hmm. you know, or mojo raleigh's not knocking him out it's gonna be like you know brock himself or maybe roman reigns again but um yeah i don't know george george, george kittle's a little busy yeah, Kittle will be busy. Um, Gronk. What if Gronk what's, shows what's, up? Is John Cena filming anything? He probably is. He's filming everything all the time. I'd like to and see that, John Cena. That'd be like, cool if he's in it. I'd like to see John Cena back. What about The Undertaker? think The Undertaker will be in it. I can see Undertaker showing up. Brother, uh, Kane, then, bro, Brother Kane's in it. I I mean, do you want to see Undertaker go over the top rope, though? I, no, I, I, no, I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, I'm trying to think who they have that they kind of bring back. Goldberg, I mean, Goldberg could. Yeah, Goldberg, Batista, all those kind of guys, even yeah. though Batista said he retired. Sting? Oof, another one to go over the top rope. Yeah, but what if Sting eliminates Sting? Well, I mean, the, the one that we didn't have, we hadn't mentioned yet is uh, Edge. Edge, yep, there's, yeah, that's a long, you know, Edge, Edge, Christian. Christian. Christian comes in, they do the little pose. I mean, they can have... Vin, I think it's going to be nostalgia. Vin. It's nostalgic, guys. It's going to be the surprises. Not not necessarily new, like, signings. 
Right. Vince yeah. can't think Christian is that ugly anymore, right? Because Christian's been on like backstage, and he's, they have they had their own network show. Vince can't think he's that ugly anymore. Maybe <laughs> maybe maybe Christian got a little handsomer uh, over the years for Vince. If Edge does come back, I could definitely see Christian showing up and doing something, and then maybe oh, Edge he thrown should. out. He absolutely should. Yeah, yeah. I I I hope they keep it fun and light with that kind of stuff in between, because you know those Rumble matches. As much as I love them. They can drag, but if you keep the surprises, you know, in in here and there throughout the whole match, it, it should be fun. The women's match, I just don't know. Gosh, I don't know. Uh, other than Ronda and Sh- of course Shayna, I don't see anyone else that's a major surprise. Or I mean, Trish could always show up and do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trish and Lita. Mm-hmm. Um, on the men's side, I hope someone like Andrade and Ricochet get sort of the, you know, they get in early and they the last a while. But outside of Drew and maybe Keith Lee, I'm not sure who I would like to see win. Um, I don't expect Keith Lee to win because that would be kind of a change of, of, of what they usually do when it comes to this stuff. I, I think it's going to be a, a SmackDown guy. So Roman? I'm thinking maybe Roman. Yeah, Roman and... They shouldn't do Roman and Drew because they've done that match so much. But you know, Roman and God, who's out there? Well, that, well, that would that would lead to Roman and the Fiend as one of the main events at WrestleMania. Yeah, because I think I, th- I still think Brock's not winning it, and I think he's going to be limited by someone who, and that someone's going to be the person that he, yeah, he wrestles at WrestleMania. You know, I don't know who though. I just, I can't I can't think of anyone. All right, quickly, let's get through the rest of these matches. So. uh we have Andrade and Humberto Carrillo, which should be fun. And if it's on the pre-show, I'm not watching. So please be on the main show because I want to see these guys wrestle. If it's on the pre-show, they got seven minutes. <laughs> I know. God. <laughs> um, Lacey Evans against Bailey in a sort of a turn of of, of uh, heel and babyface here because I think Lacey is now the babyface. Uh, and so they're going to have a match. I This is the one that I hope would be on the pre-show, but because it's a championship match, it's probably not, but not one I'm very interested in watching. And they see, I think they see, you know, obviously Bailey on the higher pecking order than and then Andrade, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunate. Uh, and then Shorty G against a returning Sheamus. God, like, you know, when, when do returning big guys ever lose? You know, Shorty G is, is uh, I wish they would, actually do something with him but then again they I, called I, him shorty g so who cares see i don't believe in extending these pre-show matches to so makes it so so long like just put them in the rumble i'm sure they are or i i believe they are but they should just be in the rumble and have sheamus show up there they sh- uh yeah no i i agree with you he would it would have been nice if he was a surprise guy in the rumble right well, not, like, not like even, oh like sheamus like i haven't seen sheamus i know well. i think i've seen some of his vignettes where he was talking about coming back and i don't know if he's even did a match yet on tv or not but but like you know he do these vignettes of him talking about coming back and find like you know a week before the rumble you say i'm making my return at yeah. the royal rumble and then you know now he's in it now he does well and i don't know it's, it just seems so simple but uh, Roman Reigns and King Corbin in a Falls Count Anywhere match. I don't know because I'm not watching SmackDown. I don't know how these guys are being received as far as uh, as, as you know the quality of this program. I just remember 
I hadn't watched SmackDown in a long time, and I went. I was at uh, Big Dave's house to record something, and so we watched like the last five minutes of SmackDown. And Roman like got tied up to the ring post, and they were trying to force dog food into his mouth. And I was like, man, of all of all things for me to see when I haven't watched SmackDown in a while, did not want me, did not make me want to watch uh, more. Uh, I'm Smackdown. just surprised he's still doing this program. But this obviously seems to be the blow off. So I'm, I'm guessing that's why I'm thinking. I'm thinking Roman's going to win this thing. And then we have Becky Lynch and Asuka in an interesting story in that Becky is really bent out of shape because Asuka beat her last year. And Asuka's kind of like the person who Becky cannot overcome. Uh, but what, did you see that Asuka tweeted? I think it was yesterday or the day before like the that mall? she was yeah she was in the mall and some shoot some shooting happened or something yeah that was crazy yeah i see the i don't see the whole full story but i saw the tweet and people talking about she survived a shooting or something wow and then uh, and then nakamura responded in japanese characters and i was like oh i wonder what he's gonna say and then i translated it and all it said was really he didn't put the zucchini did he <laughs> No. no, he did not put the eggplant. Oh, the eggplant. Sorry, <laughs> Nakamura, you. I'm married now. I don't know these, uh, I, but I, I will look out for it because if Nakamura, I have two young daughters, one day, if he if he heard this, he would be like, "Man, what's he talking about? Zucchini? It's an eggplant." <laughs> <It's> an <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nak. Um, and then Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt in, of all matches, a strap match. God, please no red tint. Oh, all. God. No red it's filter. Gotta there. It's gotta no be red there. filter. Well, I mean, if he's the fiend, it's gotta be red, right? <sighs> if he, if he's, ha- if he's happy Bray, then he, he doesn't need the red, the red. I don't understand the idea of the red filter. It, it didn't work with Kane. <laughs> they stopped doing it with Kane and red bleeds through through the TVs, it's just, it's just. It's I'm telling you, it reminds me when I used to work at Blockbuster Video, we got these things called the Nintendo Virtual Boys, mm-hmm. and it was like on a tripod, and you put these. The whole system was shaped like goggles, and you just stuck your head into these goggles, and it was supposed to be virtual reality Nintendo, and it sucked like hell. And that's what it reminds me of when I watch this uh, these these red tinted matches. Is it for? Corners tap four corners finish. I don't know. I'm guessing. That's, I always like. That, that's I, a good, it's a good question. I like those kind of matches though. The psychology of those matches are usually pretty fun. They WWE does a good job. Of the four corners touching the four corners uh, matches. You know, kind of remember uh, JBL and Eddie Guerrero having their bull rope match. I thought that was that match was just great. Um, I I guess it is the four corner. I mean, I you know I'm just looking at Wikipedia. They linked to the strap match, uh, but it does say you know strap match has been you know several different variations of it. Um, but who knows? McDaniel strap match or sorry, it should probably be more Jules Strongbow, right? Uh, G, yeah, GJ Strongbow. Sorry, not Jules, not Jules. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure people listening are like, gosh, don't you guys watch SmackDown? You should know. Nope, we don't watch SmackDown. It's just, it's just so hard. And honestly, like, I'm getting my wrestling fill of, like, the wrestling I like with the Wednesday night stuff, with NXT, and also with NXT UK. Like, it's just simple storytelling. Like, it's it's, it's easy to watch. And, and uh, you know, I'm sorry, but... Three hours on a Monday after a long day of work with three kids, it's, it's, that's, a, that's a chore. So I will say, I'm going to make the declaration now. <laughs> after the Royal Rumble, 
I will watch the Hulu version of oh, Raw. Ah, you cheater. Which I believe is 90 minutes. So that this should be like the best of Raw. And then I will also watch the Hulu version of SmackDown on the weekends just so I can catch up and make sure that uh, I'm on top of all the major storylines going into WrestleMania because as you remember last year we did you know we basically did WrestleMania segments each week and you know we won't we won't necessarily do it like that because um you know we are talking about other stuff but you know I want to be caught up and 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 sure that I know what's going on coming toward WrestleMania time I guess I'll try no <laughs> I mean you don't have to if I'm doing it you don't have to yeah but if we're going to talk about it we need to talk about it I need to cover it I need to watch it all right, man. I don't know. It's 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 a lot. It, it that's an extra, you know, it's an extra two and a half hours of stuff to watch. Yeah, that's a it's a long, it's a long night. But you know, think off that fast forward button, and I always watch them delay, so that always helps me out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, so I think that's it from here. Um, we will attempt to be back on Sunday night. I really hope we do the the show on Sunday night because mm-hmm. it's it's kind of fun to to get your you know to get the the immediate reaction to these shows and kind of put it out there Sunday night for, for folks who are just as jazzed up about, you know, the beginning of WrestleMania season as we are. Um, so hopefully that happens. And, uh, if it doesn't, I'll make sure to, to tweet out on our fight game media Twitter that, you know, it's not going to happen, but hopefully crossing my fingers, everything goes right and we can do it. And, uh, and yeah, so, um, that is it from here. Any last words from you? No man, I'm just I'm ready for when worlds collide. I've, that's my that's, that's my show the weekend. I'm gonna watch it not live because it's just hard for me to watch live with the little ones. But once they go to bed, Daddy Laraka is pretty happy. I'm gonna get sit down, get my chair, maybe have a little snack, and then enjoy some 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 great wrestling matches. I, I can't see a bad match on that card. I mean, I know there's Mia Yim and uh, Kaylee Ray. That's probably pre show match. I probably won't watch the pre show match, but they, they they should have a that should still match. be okay though. I think it'd be good because Kaylee Ray is such a, I mean, she's such a awesome worker, and Mia Yim has definitely shown improvement us last year too. The uh, the thread that you know for for all the the main shows we put up a little bit of a of a post on on our Facebook group so that people could talk about the show as it happens. I will not be in the live thread for uh, Worlds Collide, and but. I, I do check it because I know you you kind of pop in with comments when when you finally get to watch it. So it's kind of fun to read what you're reading or what you're writing, and then I, I do as well. You know, I'm, I'm I'll be watching it late, so we'll be popping into that thread a little bit late. But it's kind of cool to go back to see what people were thinking when it was live, and then what what we were seeing when we watched it on delay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like to keep my my thoughts usually for the podcast but uh but i'll might i might chime in on that thread a little bit here and there um yeah and so uh we'll we'll be we'll we'll have a live thread in the royal rumble uh i will probably post one for hard times as well because i know a couple people will at least be watching hard times and then they'll sort of tell us they'll they'll tell us what happens on that show that's where i'll be following Um, it for sure yeah on the on the facebook group yeah, me too. So, uh, so yeah. So, you know, again, I'm just going to mention it again. If you want to be a part of a really fun Facebook group, definitely uh, click on that link on, on the Fight Game Media Twitter account and uh, we'll accept you. And uh, it'll be, it, it would actually be a really fun weekend to do so if that was, uh, if that was the idea. 
I promise you, if you join our group, you will love the internet and not be <laughs> hate all the drama on Twitter and other Facebook groups like this. This is like a really good community of people. And I got it. It's like I enjoy like everyone, even though we, we we can go back and forth, but no one's really arguing. But everyone's putting their, you know, they're talking, you know, we're all talking intelligently about this subject, about stuff that we love, and it's not it doesn't get out of hand. So I I'm, I love the just the best best thing we've done is this putting this group together. I will say, um, our pal Justin Nipper, who's done a little bit of writing for for Fight Game Media as well. It was his birthday today, and uh, I mentioned in the group, you know, happy birthday to our our buddy, and he said something to the effect of. You know, I I love this group so much. You know, it's one of the best things on the internet, or whatever. But that's kind of like you know how we you know how we uh, Facebook's got a little bit of a bad reputation because you see your racist ants politics all the time. <laughs> but you know, in 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 this group, like if you use Facebook and you really make it about groups, like it it could be a terrific experience. So that's how I use Facebook. So I don't see anybody's racist ants politics. So. <laughs> I saw my Wait. racist hands today. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. Anyway. Oh man! <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll we'll end the show here. So, uh, you know, for John and for our buddy Matt Mixon and his Four Corners podcast, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.